Yo, what's up guys? How's it going? Hope you're having a very good evening, a very good start to your week and it's about to get a little bit better because for once we have some Overwatch news and when we have Overwatch news it means the brain's trust of hot takes must assemble to give their hot takes once more. So let me get right into it, introducing the guests that need no introduction. To the side of me over here is my man Samito. Samito, what up? What's up? Good to see you again. Good to see you. Beneath me is Nate Sun, who is just adjusting some furniture. Nate, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, guys. What's up? Thank you so much for having me. Slick guitars in the back as well, just showing off how much more talented he is than all the rest of us. And in the bottom left is my man himself, Frito. Frito, what up? Hey, everybody. Overwatch 2. I feel like I'm alive again. It's great. I've, exactly. It's like it breathes new life into all of us, just about. <laughs> And that on that note, we should get talking about our overall impressions to start with, because we've all seen, for those maybe who've been living under an Overwatch metaphorical rock for a while, we had a little taste during the Overwatch League Grand Finals of some reworks for Sombra and Bastion. So I'm going to hit it over to Frito first, because Frito, you've made a, a video about this already. You seem quite optimistic. What do you make of the overall impression of the direction of the Sombra Bastion reworks? And I'm going to turn you up because chat's saying you're a little bit quiet. Okay, great. So uh, I'm happy personally because sometimes when I speculate on Blizzard's intentions, I'm wrong, but I think a lot of times I am right. And in this case, I think you can start to follow the logic that they're saying where team-based kit is like going down just so much more than even I anticipated in order to enable the individual, right? And they're really careful with their wording with this. And Aaron Keller was careful to say this on the stream as well. Like the teamwork that you're used, used to and love in Overwatch isn't going away, but it's being condensed to such a small avenue. And I don't think we've truly figured out the ramifications of how that's going to play. Let me give you, illustrate an example, right? In Overwatch 1, we know Sombra to be like, Eh, damage, sort of. Like, if you're a lip, she looks like she does sick damage, but right. otherwise, for, like, 99% of players, it's as if you don't have a damage player, if you have a Sombra, right? Uh, th that's the experience. But she hacks you, and you are screwed for, like, an eternity, basically. And so it's such a lopsided power spike that, like, tanks feel helpless against it, but at the same time, if she wasn't that strong, the things that are tanky would overwhelm it. So in Overwatch 1, I think we're really used to like, well, Rally's super OP and these combos of things are outrageously strong. So these other sub kits, let's say like Disable from Sombra, has to be this level to have a chance of competing, right? Whereas in the Overwatch 1 philosophy, they take Sombra's kit, and I'm kind of jumping around topics here. You, you know how I do. <laughs> so, it's uh, it's the free to way. Kit, and yeah, you know, it just wouldn't be a podcast with me if, if that wasn't happening. But uh, and they take that disable to just a one second window. OK, super tiny. But you already saw the pros immediately. And I said this in my video, of course, but uh, it's very intuitive for them to go hack shatter. Right. Every single time or EMP nade is another good one. And you still have that cool moment of that one second window to make that play. But it isn't like. You on the receiving end, and I know you noted this in your video as well, SV, but space got hacked. So like, like a very typical hack scenario, right? As a tank in Overwatch 1, like they have a Sombra, my positioning better be flawless at all times. Otherwise, I'm screwed and dead, but right. Uh, and you have to have contingency plans. Now in the Overwatch 2 version of hack, 
you have this, I feel like you have a really big window of defense against it because you already have all this extra health. Yes, you do have the damage amp that I know Samito's uh, concerned about, but it lasts such a small duration that if they don't burst you in that time, it's like, oh, I got my shield back and I'm fine. It's like, so this other, the other eight seconds or whatever of wall hacks feels kind of irrelevant to me when you got to spike the teamwork aspect of it. Okay, so that's like a bunch of details. Let me try to synthesize that in a sentence and give someone else a chance to talk. But the way I'm thinking we can project that balance philosophy to Overwatch 2 is that we can expect those teamwork aspects of kit to be condensed into small windows and the individual impact of kit to be like a, a, at a proportion we're just not used to. Like the amount of age, and I, do, I don't really fully get it yet. And I think we'll get into some of the other roles and stuff, but so mm. much more is on you. And it's less about the RPG balancing, as I like to call it. And I think it wasn't until I saw that that it really dawned on me how big of a gap we're talking about of like six seconds of downtime being hacked as a tank, hopeless, no chance, versus I don't even know if it's that great on tanks unless they're already out of position. Really, you want to like isolate something that's uh, uh, tankier, I think, uh, would, would be my guess, that you can like duel because tanks getting their abilities back in a second that's most of them are going to have a defense against being focused unless they're radically out of position. Okay. I, I've tossed a lot of stuff up the flag. Yeah. Pole. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> perfect. Salute it. Uh, go ahead. Perfect start. No. So a lot, a lot of detail in the summer there. What I'm actually going to do is going to first send it down to my man, Nate, because what I want is I want Samito chomping at the bit. I know Samito's got so much to vibe back. So I'm going to, I'm going to wind him up and let him go in a second. But until then, I want Nate, your overall impression. Frito, you know, overall quite optimistic. He, you know, we, he spoke at length about the Sombra effect and we'll go into full detail on the Sombra. But what, just watching, how did you feel about what was shown to you? Well, as someone who really only plays at a public lobby level, I'm not like a super competitive pro player type. Um, but someone who just like queues for public matches in the comp game mode. Uh, I was very happy with what I was seeing. I know for a lot of people, there's still a debate of like, oh, is 5v5 going to be, you know, exactly what we want in the game? Because we like 6v6, we like this, we like that, whatever. I personally, and all the guys in this call, guys that play with me, chat, all the guys here know how I play the game. And it's very, I want to play for myself and just go like fight things always and flank all the time. And uh, that looks like it's going to favor my sort of play style in Overwatch 2. So on that, my my subjective take is I really liked what I was seeing. It looked like a ton of mini death matches happening constantly. I will say I was re-watching um, the game like an hour ago uh, that they played. And I was shocked at how fast the team fights were ending. So when an actual team fight would begin, the, the exact start to the exact stop was quick. And that felt so off to me. You know, compared to now, it feels like the team fights actually last a decent amount of time. But uh, yeah, that's just, I guess, what happens when there's one less player. Uh, other overall impressions: I love how 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 much less there's being thrown around the map. Where now there's just so much random ability spam. There's so much like to keep track of. So many more things that can kill you now. There's obviously less of that with one less player, and I like that aspect of it. Um, Ults look extremely lethal compared. I just remember watching Zarya when one of the clips, Zarya grabbed two, and that's just like a one team fight already. I mean, in Overwatch 1, if you kill two with like an ult or whatever, you're probably winning the fight, but not definitely. Uh, in Overwatch 2, if you kill two with an ult, I mean, you really won the fight. <laughs> and it, it's, and I love that simply because when we go into ranked, and if I can make a play, which I, I know on myself I can make a play, 
there's more of a chance we're going to win from that fight. Where right now in Overwatch 1, I feel like if I make a play, there's still a big chance we're not going to take that point. Um, and, and that just gets back to the whole, you know, matchmaker and randoms in my games. And uh, in Overwatch 2, there's going to be one less random that's throwing the match. Um, especially when you're playing with friends and it really tries to grab someone that really sucks to try and mess with your MMR or whatever. Uh, that's not going to be happening as much. And I really like that. Also, mm. it even looks like playing a healer would be fun. I don't care to play supports ever. That's just not really what I wanted to do in FPS games. And uh, they look like they were dealing way more damage than what an Overwatch 1 sort of match would look like. The Overwatch 2 healers were like consistently shooting enemies uh, during fights, like way more than an Overwatch 1 healer would. And I thought that was cool. So those are my kind yeah. of initial impressions. Absolutely. I do want to make a mental note that, yeah, the, the point about visual clutter is maybe something we should revisit at some point because it seems like they made a pretty clear note to try and strip back some of the visual clutter. I know some people were unhappy with the Mercy damage boost visuals, but I think clearly the direction is that they're trying to take it back. But now I want to send it over to my man Samito because this has been optimistic so far. Sam, I'm guessing you weren't quite as optimistic from what you saw, at least judging oh. by your tweets. Well, let me let me say that first. First of all, I had to make a joke about the mercy comment. I don't think people are ever happy about mercy. This <laughs> is true. You know what I mean? This it's is just, very you true. Know, you know, like I, I'll say this: I, for all the grief that I, I give Blizzard, people know me to give Blizzard for. I, I will always say I give them credit where it's due, and I actually was pretty optimistic about what I saw because I I, I saw a couple things from it. One. I think that Sombra and Bastion both were characters that could be improved on. And I think that the way that they changed both of them is very good for the game. Because I think, obviously, Sombra has one of the lo lowest win rates in the game. Because, her, as Frida was mentioning earlier, you know, her she's really just good for her hack. And it, you need a good team to follow up on the hack to really get max value from the character, right? In low ranks and gold, the Sombra's going to be running around the map in stealth the whole time, which is kind of a bait for the character. But now you can actually make plays in your stealth. You get the damage amp. So I think the way that they fundamentally made Sombra operate is good. I think the values are too much because if you look at what's... I'm not so much worried about what Sombra directly can do. I'm worried about the other changes in the game and how it will indirectly affect the hero. If there's less stuns, Sombra's uptime in general is going to go up. That's a big direct buff to her. 50% additional damage to hack targets you can hack while in stealth and EMP doing 40% of damage. Like, I can see her being run a lot, very consistently. And now while people are better at defending themselves, I still think that might be a little too much. But in general, it's good. I think Bastion... I was happy about that too. I think that if they're giving Bastion a little bounce, they ought to give Hanzo scatter back. Just saying. You're talking about the little mine the grenade that he shoots off walls, the grenade he shoots off. Oh, walls. gotcha. So gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in general, like I think it's good. It's a good sign that that is the direction they're looking to take heroes. I think Frito covered it well to give individual players a lot of options to outplay each other. Now, what I'm concerned about, it's not those heroes. It's the heroes that are fundamentally designed to do everything that they struggle with. Like, they don't really struggle with tuning Soldier because really when they're not fundamentally broken, it's just changing a couple numbers and you can really directly... It's easy to do and it's it's just kind of a feel thing. But heroes like bap and that do everything sigma that do everything i think that's going to be the big problem i think the gameplay looked great i like push a lot it's very fast paced 
a lot of people are still concerned about 5v5, but I think the potential benefits of 5v5, if it does, if it's done properly and it doesn't just water down the game to, to absolute boringness, are extremely beneficial to where the game is at right now. And listen, I give Jeff Goodman a lot of grief, but I will say I was actually pretty impressed with, with everything that they showcased. I think his head's in the right spot for what he's trying to do. And I really, really hope that a lot of the newer characters and I, the Doomfist rework, Doomfist is a tank. I, I don't even want to think about that because I don't think it can work, but we'll see. Uh, I'm not going to jump the gun on an overall take until we really see more, though. It's it, it just in terms of these two characters, what I saw, what if, if that philosophy and their approach remains the same for the rest of the cast, I think the game could look very good and very promising, but we'll see. I, I think I, I was definitely on the happier side of what I saw in terms of like just fundamental approach, foundation level. What are you trying to do? Yeah, I mean that that's interesting. Do you feel like you wanted to see more of these problematic characters addressed first, or are you yes. happy that they went? Yeah. Yeah, I I think Bastion and Sombra were two of the easier characters to change. So you have to, those are the freebies where you got to get right. Okay, Sombra, what's her problem? Low rank, she's bad. She She's not really a self-enabler. How can we make the kit to be less annoying for players where it's like you get hacked as a tank and you're sitting there like, Jesus freaking Christ. Like, I am about to throw my keyboard off a skyscraper. I'm done gaming the rest of my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> to, to now where it's like, okay, you know, the same options of the enable from the hacker there, like you can still hack shatter, you can still, you know, do X, Y, and Z. So you keep her skill ceiling really high. If not, you raise it even more because you need even more teamwork to make that work. But you also give her options to individually make impact and individually duel a lot better. Really good game design right there. That's that is the kind of shit that we really need to see so that the game expands and doesn't contract when you have Brig, Bap, who just immortality field counters everything and then like your options to win fights are just you know oh force lamp then win like it's you know it's fucking stupid part of my french um <laughs> but and, and the same with bastion where it's like okay bastion he's he's just a gimmicky character right like he should never be meta he's just like okay we're gonna go bastion on this point he's not gonna be able to play like a soldier he's just one play style can't individually enable himself unless you just hide in bs flanks it's it's very clearly gimmicky and the way they changed him he can now consistently duel in more general situations, so he has his own unique play style, but he also now can fit into more team compositions. That's good. That's diversity. That's the kind of thing that we expect from the hero balancers and designers over at Blizzard, and they should be happy with the, where those characters are at. Now, I think his ult, <laughs> his ult might do a little too much damage, the artillery. We'll see. But again, that's just that's fine-tuning. That comes with play testing and effort. That's like that is very implementable. If that's a word, I don't know if that's a word. You can implement that easily. It's 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 the fundamentally broken heroes that do everything that will simply outclass a lot of those characters at depth that I'm concerned about. But these, I think they look great. Mm -hmm. And Frito, Nate, either of you guys, do you want to chime in? Do you concur with that sentiment? Is particularly we we kind of talked a fair amount of Sombra, but Bastion as well. Samito is pretty happy with. I think the new Bastion yeah. is going to be trash <laughs> <laughs> at higher tiers. Anyway, I think, I think it's going to be really easy to counter and there's like not going to be any upside. Uh, I think we should transition at some point to kind of, we, it's been said uh, in passing a bit by some of us, but like the watered down comment, right. And how yeah. concerned we are about that. Let's, let's, let's table that for a moment. But as far as Bastion, I think like when you have one tank and the hitbox is that big, I think it's going to have like the Torbjorn effect that until he has some sort of, 
special utility of, of any kind. Like, I think just like having mowing you down while moving it just feels like a low rank thing. And then it, from watching, <laughs> it, we've only seen a one one show match, obviously, but like, elitist. It, like, <laughs> A GM level on a player should just never allow that one bastion to like ever get any value, basically. And that might be a reality that we're fine with, and maybe kind of goes to the watered down comment as well. But I'll let uh, Nate uh, expand on his thoughts. Well, the only thing I was gonna say about Bastion is I, I think it, he actually looks really fun, but I definitely would not play that in a higher competitive you know, <laughs> tiered lobby. Just and for the same reason as you know. As Frito said, I mean, Anna alone will be able to just wipe him. Uh, I, well, okay, question. Do you guys know how long in his ultimate, I know Sam talked about his artillery ult, how long from when he goes into it and he selects a spot, like, a rocket is going to shoot down? Like, how long until it actually, like, hits there? Until it lands? Two yeah, seconds. Like I, seconds. I counted it. It was two seconds. About two seconds, yeah. Okay, two seconds. Yeah, so I, I don't know if that ultimate is extremely strong. Uh, it seems kind of weak overall. I, I want to more see like damage numbers on his left click, like normal fire, like when he's not in turret mode, when he's walking around, because I know they made it shoot way slower and it's way more precise and there's not like a whole bunch of bloom affecting it either. I, I'd like to see the actual number on that and how it compares, you know, side by side to McCree's soldier to all them shooting. Um, you know, what are the damage numbers? Um, Bastion overall, I'm really glad they changed him like that because he's not very playable in Overwatch 1, you know, past the uh, average SR and... I, I think it's good that they are changing things like that for Overwatch 2. Because that's not even something people were really asking for. I don't remember hearing a whole bunch of like, oh, we have to change Bastion. We have to. But I think the low rank players definitely care about it, though. The low ranks think he's the best player in the game. So I, I get it from them, definitely. But like really vocal. Yeah, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, down in the silver right now. Like all, like all the vocal streamers and like community members. Like, no, I don't really hear people talk about it that much. But yeah, the Blizzard, the Overwatch forums, I'm sure. Are plagued by the well i, I don't think they need that. to like that's not a change that needs to affect them realistically right like it's a positive thing for the game that like so this goes to my watered down comment i think a little bit and why i ultimately uh judge this as a big positive there's a whole early rank or early player meta game that players come into contact with and get dissuaded from learning the game or get harshly punished based on a knowledge check effectively which is bastion riding the cart how do we beat it like all three of us know exactly the formula right boom 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 what characters what i should do how i should interact with this but if you're like a either a lower skilled player or a, a, a like a limited hero pool player that you're still learning the game or you just got into it it's way too punishing so it's almost like as punishing as Sombra, this is why I like them doing both of these at the same time, but as punishing as Sombra can be at the high, at like the pro level, where realistically, like it's the strongest thing you could do pretty much uh, in a few comps, in a few matchups. It's like the most reliable playstyle is Sombra in many metas uh, due to its teamwork power. It's like the same is true for how easy, how much firepower, reliable firepower and safety you can get just by putting a bash on the cart, kind of vaguely protecting him. And if you don't have the knowledge to like jump over that hurdle to know how to get the positioning to outplay it, it just like smacks you in the face. And it's like, why do I even want to play this game? And that's just one thing. There's like, there's like a thousand things that are complicated in this game that is like, well, like, like uh, my, a good example for me is uh, uh, a creator that should be coming back to your Overwatch when the sequel comes out, Eddie. Uh, I'm still uh, partners with him. He does other things. We, we we collaborate on other stuff, other projects, but he should be coming back for Overwatch 2. He's like one of the top ranks in Valorant and gold in Overwatch. 
Okay. So he's so this is a top he can aim. He understands the tempo of his DS game. And he's like 100 <laughs> years old. He's super old. But in Overwatch, it's like he just can't grasp the tempo of the APM checks that are always going on. Where's my tank? What's that? Is my healer coming with me? Am I getting healed? What's the threat? Whose ult has the thing? Like, think of the hundreds of things that us, and like Sam is really good at this. You watch his stream, right? Like, what else do we have to outplay? How? What's the best way to outplay it? How do we position in order to get ready for the next fight? Like, all these things that you have to do. With 6v6, it was always too much, right? So I guess I'll just bury the lead with this, this, this uh, take. But... In like the first few months of Overwatch, I'm like, man, I wish this was not a 6v6 game because this is way too much complexity. Now they thinned that down with uh, roll queue, but I think this is like the natural progression to make the game discernible. And there's so many like those little sub uh, cul-de-sacs, let's say. It's like, like countering Bastion is like a new player cul-de-sac that the balance team can't address because it doesn't really affect people who have committed to the game. So it just sits over there in a corner until it destroys the, a, ga a game for you. It's like, well, that's another set of knowledge I have to learn. Now Bastion operates more or less like Soldier with a couple extra bells and whistles, right? He's like in the team comp. He, he you know, has heavy fire here, burst that big, big target. It's not like cool he sets now. up. And yeah, the ultimate's a bit different, but even that plays like Call of Duty. You'll be used to that. It's like, oh, it's coming from the sky. I got to run in the cover. Cover. It's all very intuitive. And I think that Call of Duty term is pretty important because that is what Space said. And you might imagine a lot of dedicated um, Overwatch players to like run in fear from that idea. But I think moving the game in that direction and watering it down, like people don't realize when they say they're watering it down, it's a bad thing. Just how many of those little like trap doors or hurdles i've used a lot of analogies i should probably pick one but or or like you know those cold attacks or those those like like how to counter farah or how to deal with your main tank feeding or all these like millions of things that people struggle with that a uh youtube channel maybe might specialize in teaching you how to overcome like like there shouldn't be so many of those things it's just be like this is the game get good at these few things and you're good at overwatch but that's not how overwatch works right that's why we always complain about the ranked experience because all these like minutia so happen many to skill you. sets and it's, it's yeah. so yeah it's too much to learn i still think overwatch 2 will be a complicated game it's just like the ratio is like in that somber example right it's like you have one second to make a teamwork play high potential hack a tank uh ult whatever great that'll still exist but it's not like you know the entire character like it was in overwatch one is my point and i think we'll experience more things that are like that and that's a good thing for the game that you don't have to jump over all these all these hurdles just to like get to the basics of gameplay uh to my ed example it's like he often tells me he's just like he can't he can't track what's going on like he doesn't know how to space in the team fight another thing that uh i, I like watching samito for but why uh you can see players like that play a lot of different characters to a high level even if they're not specialists in them is just your timing of your spacing it's like i need to be they're retreating i push they, they're pushing i i pull i dodge this all like all those rotations that uh we might take for granted it's like there's just so much overwatch depth that uh is just too much i think Sorry. All right. Big rant. Yeah. I'll no, I, I, just, I was going to uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Sam. You can go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. I was going to say, I just want to frame the discussion this because we kind of touched on this topic. So I actually, this is something I wanted us to get into anyway. So I just want to set the framework for the discussion and let you guys go, which is basically what we're talking about is a sort of battle, I suppose, for the philosophy of what Overwatch is. 
And this is something that we've kind of, uh, there's been subtext basically where people have said, oh, they're making Overwatch less team-based, less team-based. Like that's why we loved Overwatch. I came to Overwatch because of the team-based elements. And there's kind of two camps. There's the people who feel, I don't like where this is going. I feel like it's taking away the something, the core experience that I signed up to Overwatch for, which was the team play. And then there's the other set of people who welcome it, who, who want uh, that kind of more individual power. Like you said, the frustration of dealing with certain strats or just your strat failing because it doesn't have two to three other people joining with you. And again, the Bastion example is a great one because people often ask, well, what do I do as a support? Or what do I do as a tank? Or what do I do if I'm not X DPS, if I don't play X hero that is the counter, right? And the underlying issue is people like to one trick. They like to play what they like to play. And on that note, I want to quickly just read out a thread from my man Jake. And we can pretend for a minute that Jake is here, but I'm going to quickly read out his sentiment here. In regards to Overwatch 2, he says, Overwatch 2 thoughts, 5v5 is a massive change. Every player is individually more important. Again, that philosophy shift that we are talking about. In Overwatch 1, tanks are the most important role because they control the nature of team fights. After five plus years, there were only three fundamental strategies, dive, rush, and poke. Uh, we'll just skip forward a little bit. He says, my idea and hope is that competitor Watch 2 can reduce the importance of hero picks, as Space put it, by making tanks more like tanky DPS. As much as I love engineering a perfect strategy in Overwatch 1, I think the game in that state cannot grow long term. The game becomes a test who has the best understanding of comps, matchups, map features, etc. While this is rewards endless dedication to understanding the game, it is too brutal a punishment for new players especially those skills that other those skilled at other FPS who expect to do well. So you can guys can go check out that full tweet on Jake's Twitter, but I just wanted to bring up those few points because Frida, you alluded to quite a few of them, the idea of not having the right set, you know, not having the right knowledge, the chess maneuver of, okay, if they do this and I do that, or again, the example of a, of a player like Ed, who's very talented FPS games, but just cannot manage an Overwatch, which is alienating to arguably the player base we're trying to draw in. So at that point, Samira, I'm gonna let you take over now. What do you make of all this? The philosophy change, is it a good thing? Um, it could be a good thing, right? Well, it's a couple things here. For one, I think the biggest hurdle that, that the Blizzard devs need to overcome, and from what I've seen from Sombra and Bastion, they've done a good job so far, is can they maintain a high skill ceiling whilst making the floor of the game in terms of, like, much more rewarding as as you go, go up the skill floor if that makes sense like on the, on the topic of eddie where there's just too many things going on right and especially with a lot of the newer tanks and specifically tanks and supports they put in the game that are either aoe healing or permanent uptime like the skill ceiling of the game has already been lowered a lot because when you're going up against lamp you're going up against sigma as for example a dps hero like say you're a soldier player right like, you just aren't getting any value from that to begin with. So the game has already been watered down, right? Brig, Brig and AoE healing have watered down this game already from what it once originally was way back in the day. So the more I think about that, if those characters and specifically those bullshit abilities and heroes that operate in a fundamentally damaging way to this game's skill to reward curve, if those are addressed and we switch to 5v5, you have a, a game that's easier for newer players to get into, which is something that we desperately need, right? And if you take these watered-down bullshit abilities out of the game that are designed to make the game easier for these players anyway, you, you won't need them anymore. So you actually get a game that has more depth. And I think as long as they capture that, 
you could make Overwatch mobile and maybe on the Switch and consoles it would run better because you're 5v5 instead of 6v6. You could <laughs> you'd have better queue times across the board. I think Overwatch mobile is an important thing. I don't know how well it's going to play. But, you know, to get that international player base is mostly mobile gaming is huge in South America, Europe and, and huge in Asia. So if we can get some growth over there. I'd be great for the company. Great for putting more resources into work to Overwatch, which we need. Um, but I think overall, the philosophy, I think Jake pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Um, it will be good. I think that the, like, for example, the way Sombra still works, if there's like that one second of like a hack target, you can still do some crazy combos, still do some crazy stuff. You time it right. Uh, I, the one thing I think I disagree with what he said, I think supports have been more impactful in dictating the meta than tanks just slightly. There have been obviously times like double shield where like they were meta, but I think BAP was just as imperative to that as before. Uh, I, I might've gone way off topic here. I apologize. But no, I think, I think generally it's, it's a good, the death match philosophy is good as long as you still have synergies. But the number one thing is these stupid, stupid abilities that have already watered down this game and taken away the skill sets of if you do these things right, you will get value. I, if those are still in the game, I, I'm really concerned that people are just going to say, what the fish? I'm out of here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's no, like, they do a good job of, of adding more reward for the lower ranked players. But if there's, if the learning curve is still fucked in terms of, okay, you learn these things, you get value. And it adds depth to the game because you learn those things like diving Genji Tracer together or like Winston together. If, though, if that doesn't reward people anymore, then it, or if it still doesn't reward people how it used to when the game was game of the year and returning best well-maintained game, it won't change much. Yeah, this is this is really fascinating because I think in what you said yourself, it kind of encapsulates, I would say, the two sets of feelings about what needs to be fixed about the game. What you're kind of alluding to is definitely what the higher tier, the actual basically grinders of the game really feel, right? Or not all of them, obviously, but what a large section of them feel you know, these frustrating elements of the game need to go, you know, not a day goes by that pro players aren't frustrated by something like a lamp or something like a brig or something like how much Sigma does. And on the other side of the spectrum, we have players who never really encountered those kind of problems. They never really encounter a problem with lamp. It's the, the problems that they encounter are more just in the day-to-day -day experience, the feeling of the game and the feeling of the game that they're worried about is, for example, well, I don't want it to be deathmatchy. I like the coordination. Nate, you kind of stand somewhere in the middle of these two. You're you're talented enough to easily be as high as you want to be. But you kind of tend to not play these much that much these days anymore. How do you kind of feel about that that wrestling that's going on here? Where is your priority more where Samito lies? Like, does it lie where Samito says where you want the problematic characters to be addressed and that will make you happy, or are you more concerned about the sort of the ground up, the feeling of the game, the ability to just kind of one trick a character and things like that? Well, I've always been the opposite of a one trick, so I never cared much on that side. But <clears throat> I think problematic heroes and problematic abilities have been a, a large reason why people stop playing the game. Uh, so I guess you'd call me an Overwatch purist. I do not like the DLC heroes. I wish they were never added. And this is going to be a whole nother <laughs> thing. <we laughs> no, go, go off, man. Just to clarify, even, by even DLC, you mean all the new heroes, right? Like the new heroes uh, added yeah. in. It doesn't even like on. Yeah. Oh, gosh, here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Bro, I, do, this I, do man. Like Anna. <laughs> I never liked Anna. I will say. Okay, I, let but me, you let go me on your like point. This. Just go on your point. Yeah. Okay, let me put it like this. I do think the DLC heroes have been just crushing to the game because I think the original vision of Overwatch, well, I know the original vision when they were designing the game, like, oh, we're going to have all these heroes and they're going to keep coming out. But the ones that they launched with, having a Reinhardt and a Zarya, having a Monkey and a Diva, I think like the core gameplay of that, the Tracer, the Genji, I, I think that was like the, the best 
it, it was beautiful. I think that is like the best gameplay you could have in Overwatch. It's just like the the kind of comps, the way those the games played around those heroes, the the skill ceiling. I mean, it, it just felt infinite, and it was so fun. And it felt like every time you died, it was because you did get outplayed. But then you know the Briggs come and the bats mm-hmm. and there's all these things that are just annoying there's sigma there's arissa which arissa never triggered me as much but yeah and again we, we get to anna a little bit as well and I, i'll always say when i'm talking with these guys in games i'll <laughs> ever die to an anna in some way like, i hate that hero i wanted it removed um <laughs> on my list of heroes that were problematic anna is at the bottom like anna is like the lowest priority and when anna because anna was the first dlc yeah, she, hero mm-hmm. she, that we ever had and I didn't, I didn't care at all when she came to the game initially. I, I didn't have any problem with her. But I, I think I became annoyed with her after all the other heroes had also been added. And then I just look at Anna as well. I'm like, oh, she, you know, she was part of that group of now there's like some sort of stun type of ability being added. So I hated her for that. But if we removed all the other DLC heroes and kept Anna, I, I wouldn't be upset. But uh, yeah, I, I think it was the trend of adding the heroes that could negate playmaking, which is just what sends me over the moon in rage. I hated being able to make a play, and it just got negated because Blizzard had a new idea for a hero that had to come to the game, and it's going to let an, a player that's not quite as skilled, or it's going to have a player, even high-skilled ones, put a lot less input into a play, and it negates the play I made that it's like... It gives way more. Much yeah. Way more. And the amount of time. So stupid. I mean, we've all felt this. Uh, I mean, especially if you play DPS and you go and you get a big, like for me, it, what would trigger me is Tracer Pulse Bombs into BAP, um, BAP Lamps. Like I go and stick what should obviously be a 2K and, oh, BAP had Lamp. And so I guess that did nothing. And that, like I could not stand that when they added BAP. And Brig in the same way, like I'm shooting someone on Tracer. And I'm biased here. I, I'll completely say I'm biased because I really enjoy playing the characters like NG and Tracer. Um, and Brig just throws the pack, and now that character is like borderline unkillable to me. Like, I, I just couldn't stand it. Um, I, I hated the way those heroes played, and yeah, so I'm a purist in the fact I wish they would look at the abilities like that. It sounds like they are. I know they said that Brig's no longer gonna have her bash, so she doesn't have that stun anymore. Um, which do nothing by the more way. Than that, she's still yeah, gonna be she's still gonna be played, guarantee it 100%. She's still gonna be played, quote me, yeah, and. <laughs> It's the stuff like so, that. So I, I do wish they look at those abilities across the board uh, to make them less annoying. And the summer change sounds like they're already going down that direction because now you're only hacked for one second instead of you're hacked for, you know, as Frida was saying, like eternity earlier. Um, I, I like that. That's better. Uh, I don't know about that 40% health on the ultimate. That seems really good. But yeah. Yeah. So if, yeah, I was going to say, just to summarize, is it fair to say then that for you, it's more about trying to emphasize a philosophy where individual impact is higher. Because, you know, you said you had frustrations with kind of making a play and it being denied. So for you, the greater concern isn't necessarily even, um, you know, 5v5, 66, whatever. It's just I want the game to feel, and it doesn't matter what the heroes are, as long as this feeling remains, that I am impactful and what I do is not uh, just invalidated by something that's easier to do. The last part of that, especially, yes. I, I don't want to have a play be invalidated because someone had an easier ability from a newer hero. That better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just better. But uh, when, when you say it like that, 
SV, I'm starting to think like, man, do I, is, is my play style really that selfish? Cause that was the word I a lot. It's like, I don't want to be this. I don't want to be this. This is, I just want to do this. But may, maybe my play style, like when it comes to like in-game stuff, like maybe I am a little selfish with how I want to play. That's why I like playing like Tracer so much. Cause I feel like I don't have to be looking at the team that often. I'm going off kind of doing my own thing. I'll get my own health kits. I'll do my own thing. Same with Roadhog kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. And the way I kind of play him as well. I'm not usually playing front of the pack, which sometimes you need to. And Frito would kind of coach me and point out, like Nathan, sometimes you don't go on the far flank. <laughs> sometimes that's why we do lose, uh, which is like totally true. And um, yeah, so sometimes my play style does leave uh, the team behind, but I do want to still be impactful because when I go and do make that plays as a, a solo queue player, for the most part, when I've been playing Overwatch uh, since competitive came out, I've been mostly a solo queue player. And I will go and try to make the big plays and I can decently consistently can, but nowadays it just kind of mattered less and less and less and less. And now we're getting definitely reeled back toward, they have way too many things that negate a play. So I need to stop going for, or at least the way I was approaching it, I need to stop and play more right beside my teammates and stack the other DLC abilities on top of each other. And whoever has more Mm. CDs of it left, they're going to win. Obviously none of that's universal, but yeah, that's kind of like my feeling on it. No, that that makes sense. And at this point, I want to take it over to Frito because Frito, you know, Sam and Nate, are, these guys are crackheads. Like they're they're very good. They they're kind of capable of kind of deciding what to do and doing it. Me and you, on the other hand, I think we're more from the school of uh, let's call it the school of hard knocks, where we kind of just play the team element of the game a bit more. We try to rely on the sort of what the synergy elements. We're not necessarily that carry type ourselves. How do you feel about that that philosophy change? Being someone who maybe because I know you know when we were chatting earlier, you kind of said that uh, you're a little bit worried. Like you know, I'm not sure I'm I'm cut out to carry in the Overwatch Two world. You know, Nate and Sam will be fine, but how do you feel about all this philosoph- philosophical change? Yeah, I think a lot of it's already hit us in many ways, though. I think it's just going to be intensified with the sequel, where I, I already feel that way about the balancing now. So there's a Okay, so I'm going to try to clarify some of our terms here so that, because uh, I, I know often uh, Blizzard does end up watching these when we make them. So I think we got to be really careful when we say something's either oversimplified or watered down and rewarding skill. So I want to try to describe this for everybody where there was an esports game that I believe is called Shoot Mania that was developed intentionally to be for esports. And then it flopped. So like the way I would describe this gameplay is like, imagine crap graphics where you shot like one ball at a time. And it was like the, it's trying to maximize skill basically. So the more simple you get the game to be pong, basically. It's yeah. Like, I was going to bring up no strategy. Pong is the extreme example, right? Where it's like, uh, it's all mechanics. I hit the thing back to you. You hit it back and whoever hits it more wins. Okay. That removes all the complexity. Now, when we talk about uh, the depth and complexity of the game, what Jake was talking about in his tweet thread is that it used to be in Overwatch 1 quite a bit of I'm going to combine hero selections that create a team comp that does a thing that wins because I selected it. I like to call this RPG balancing because the way team comps used to work and function is that if you just understood how those six pieces went together and what like passive effect almost like it's almost like you're building an RPG uh kit or build or whatever or like a card just, deck yeah or yeah a deck where like the gameplay isn't so much the execution of the gameplay if pong is like you know our, our extreme example the execution of that doesn't really matter it's like the piece you select and 
that's where I did the best in, in Overwatch history, where if it's like, oh, just learn a few principles of goats. Okay, yeah, I can do that. I can play all those characters. It's not that hard. I'll just regroup my team. Boom, Grandmaster, right? Or like the like what are the most important parts of uh double shield? Did that as well. Like, you know, I like uh went pretty high with uh Anna in the Roadhog era. It's like if you can just sleep Roadhog every time, because it's like a very singular meadow in the Gigahog era, like your team had a massive advantage. Now now actually I think the games, oddly enough, like here's the weird thing. Once they balanced the game better, it actually got more complicated where more of those things mattered, but at the same time, also your skill execution mattered more because they took a lot of the uh innate things down this is where i think I, I probably disagree a bit with sam's takes on some of these where um you look to like brig originally so much of it was i exist it literally was i exist as this character right so overwhelming stats my my one that i like i still lose sleep over is her little shield <laughs> it's a think, wasn't it more health than <laughs> it like was a more barrier now yeah, it was, it was so more than it was tiny. more than winston bubble it was, it was like 800 health or something or six it was, it was 600 it was. and winston bubble was five at the time so. right it was just an outrageous like it didn't make any sense right so like i could hold my position and never move and i'm like tankier than a real tank it like th that that is like clearly not really following rules and i think maybe the a good way to think about this as well uh and maybe where i disagree with nate uh, a bit on than this is like i think we often have rose tinted glasses to the overwatch one launch era where you forget like <laughs> diva had four seconds of defense matrix and you, when you say well there's things in the game that outplay me like lamp today people forget how upset they were at diva for quite a long time and but i think that's another good example because it shows you the offensive bias that the balancing went towards with the micro missiles and limited dm we like it when those aspects again it's like maybe like the 90 10 rule of the somber rework right it's like you get this little bit of teamwork and then mostly the rest of it is a shooter game that's how diva feels now i don't think anybody complains about diva now and she's a really top character armor <laughs> okay not, not most people but she's, she, you know she's really powerful but she doesn't doesn't fundamentally break the game right like she's she's definitely a top tier pick but it's not like the whole game revolves around here and in fact in many cases i think you probably prefer sigma due to him being even better than that right so that that kind of like implies some balance to me but um anyway my point is uh that i was trying to get to is that uh when we talk about like watering down the game to some degree if you want skill to be rewarded you have to remove the counterpicking strength of things which is also why i looked at bastion i'm like there's no way that's going to see high tier play in my opinion <laughs> because why would you ever pick bastion if you like if tracer's good or if there's you know a mccree like what does he do that's fundamentally different than characters that'll play the same position right and i think with overwatch one's balance they were able to get more diversity because a lot of the dps picks got gimmicky tricks but as they start to remove those away i think we have to be ready for actually that what, what will be watered down quote unquote is like the gimmicky things that were able to reach like a pretty even point right so if you can't have cc on dps well we got mayfreeze they talk about reworking they got sim turrets that are slowing you down like all this complexity that the dps cast eventually got uh in roll queue that's got to be simplified and when the role is mostly about dealing damage well then it's simple the, the answer is easy it's a very e solvable uh solution where there's probably going to be much fewer characters that are good which maybe then i might say 
it's time to bring up the <laughs> podcast bingo card. <laughs> I was hoping I'd, I'd draw that sentence out long enough until SP responded, but uh, I took a shot. Hero bands or something. <laughs> yeah, take a shot. Right, right. Like, yeah, like you might need go. something. You might need something like hero bands in that world because, like, if if the DPS role doesn't have like a hundred mechanics anymore, and instead it's like everyone's got their little bit of utility, but mostly they're about damage. If it's it's sort of that sombra balance, then you can expect. Well, it's like, and this is where I I you know might disagree with Sam on like worrying about the fifty percent damage amp because I'm like, well, if like the role of DPS is just to do damage, I need to see that that disable is better or the time it takes to cast that is somehow more value than just playing tracer in that position and if the role is simplified and that's the nature of watering down the game where those counter picking and team comp strategies are intentionally being watered down that's what gives it the call of duty-esque effect when you're playing oh i might my screen froze yeah, you've, you've <laughs> transcended it's all right you, <laughs> you've, you've, you've transcended he's already there <laughs> he's at a whole nother level <laughs> Let's see if I can refresh that. that. That totally threw me off. But like, so <laughs> inherent. What I was trying to say is inherently, if you're trying to bias towards skill, the complexity of the game has to go down because you're closer to pong as opposed to uh, creating a deck, right? Like, like these are opposing forces. And uh, personally, anyway, with with the way Overwatch One has been balanced so far, I I think they have required that to take as much execution as it can right like you still we still all uh, the overwatch player base i should say still want some level of that rpg aspect of it where it's like you have characters that do crazy things whether it's like i eat abilities with diva or whatever it's like there's always going to be some nonsense in the game that's like the point of the game for a lot of people which i always try to stress to you guys it's like maybe briggles will be too good or we got lamp and all this but it's like expect a handful of more nonsense okay like oh, the game's no, gonna have nonsense in it that's already going to be the case but but that's the game we signed up for and i think the best thing we can ask for is that it be like not break uh the rules of gameplay by making all these like bs cul-de-sacs and uh you know not rewarding the wrong things let's say as long as it's re the reward mechanism is right then i think we'll be fine uh went off on one there i lost track of no no my yeah point. can i add ahead, on to that point that no i want i was gonna go to you anyway sam yeah. so go ahead I, I think the way that you said that at the end frito is perfect um it, it the the issue with a lot of the crazy shit in the game right now is lies in the fact that it replaces what made the game fun and and Chaosy and 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 whatever it may be you use to describe Overwatch, right? Like Immortality Field, it does not matter what actions you make leading up to that point. No matter what happens, no matter what you do, you are hard stopped. Doesn't matter. Like in the original game, there was all kinds of these diverse actions. Like uh, the the best example I can give is Deflect versus McCree stun, right? Like you weren't guaranteed a win with either side it really came down to how you use your ability and since almost every ability in the game operated that way what you ended what ended up happening is you felt like there was a game that had so much depth to it like there there really wasn't a ceiling right but when you have heroes like brig sigma even even the, the way arissa was changed was terrible for the game in my opinion terrible i i don't like it at all what what ends up happening is you just replace what made that game seem endless. 
And if the game doesn't seem endless, like as if there's so many things you can improve on, you lose people's interest to grind the game. You lose people's interest to grind the game. You have top 500 at 3.9K and even, even now in the season, right? Where people are like, why am I going to sink time effort? I don't think any of you guys said that you've sunk time into rank unless you're playing together, which a group queue needs to come to. But, you know, myself too, like I barely played last season. Right? I'm just like, why would I play when Bap is dropping drone on everything I do? And like, it's my favorite characters, like, their stats are way down post roll queue due to like just how oppressive a lot of these characters and abilities are. What's up? Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, Johnny, thoughts on the Bastion rework? <laughs> broken, but we'll, we'll see. While in fucking turret mode. Like, what do you mean? Well, yeah, how do you hit that? How do you hit that target that's yeah. half your screen? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Well, there, you know, you that's, that's a, no, no, I was gonna say that's, that's the, another perspective for you, right? There's the yeah, silver there's perspective the, yeah. you're talking about. So, uh, I, I wanted to respond to, uh, yeah. note this, uh, I don't know if I agree that things like drone and brig are automatically going to be great in Overwatch 2, mainly because we don't know what new heroes are coming. And also Fair. I think we really underestimate the impact of having that extra tank in terms of per like getting that protection cycle to the, the yeah like like it's so lamp when you protect it with two tanks or brig when you protect her with two tanks like the angles you can take are just nullified basically because there's two tanks well there's only one tank the brig having a shield and the like even when they try to use lamp in overwatch 2 uh in the show match it's it's being forced out in the open a lot more or you ease like the whole game is about getting angles anyway if we got nates in on his hog and, and tracer flanks all day well where are you hiding that lamp like i just i think you're gonna feel a lot better about it when you can interact with it in that way and, and maybe they'll still be good but yeah. i just mean I, I think it's more that 90 10 rule perhaps where like you you don't create the like i think we're still thinking of like okay briggs just a problem but we're forgetting that she's a problem because you play around her, right? <laughs> you, and I mean specifically you, Sam, like at GM, you guys play around her. Nobody else plays around her. And the 99%, like, like that was a pro tip for you at any rank, okay? If you say to your, if you have a brig and people are like, oh, don't, like, we have a brig one trick, we're just gonna lose, not enough healing, whatever. You just play on her and you win. Call, call, exactly, exactly what I was gonna say. Just call, protect her, protect brig, okay? Protect brig and you'll all live forever. They'd be like, oh, wow, now I see why it's broken. And so she'll build her rally faster too. So, yes, walk around her at all times. That's the trick, because then she gets rally and then rally's OP and you run at everything. Okay, so that, you know that and your processing automatically says, well, that's OP. But, my point is no one else really experiences that. So that's why this is like good. They'll be able to balance the game for that one tank and it'll be more streamlined. Now, what might happen is characters like that have a drop off at higher tiers, which I know we probably all want, but like, like I think, I think that's more likely rather than like uh, them buffing it to um, what I hope they don't do is try to get those characters to fit at the highest tiers. Right. I think the, yeah. the, the skill drop off should happen. Like if we see something like, Briggs shield feeling like she can't uh deal with these off angles that I'm, I'm saying are going to be strong we might just have to say oh i guess we'll have to learn to play lucio at higher tiers oh no or we need hero bands or something like that because like i, I think that's more likely to happen basically where the the higher skill ceiling picks will kind of walk over some of these strategy based picks let's say or or, or positioning and uh um more defensive based kit because if they can't interact with it they're, they're, they might struggle um, yeah, there is a concept as well with their healing. It's like you have one less tank to 
to like bully around and CC and stuff. So I just don't see her fighting uh, DPS all that well when she's getting poked. That's down. one less tank that she has to pack. Is is my argument? Like I'm telling you, I, I think I think that affects Bat much more than affects Brig because Brig's already shown her capabilities to fit in with Brig's end. I think the way she heals, she'll be so strong no matter what. But I 100% agree with you on BAP. I think that because the tanks, like generally, like when you stack the sustainabilities that they continuously give in tanks, like like with AOE healing and BAP and that stuff, it enables it so much more. I think BAP will be a, a bit of a loser into in in five v five for sure. I think Briggs still is just a, the ultimate winner of the game with just how she heals. But I think you're definitely on to something with that point for sure. Yeah, there's, there's two things I want to bring into the equation to kind of even complicate matters further because I'm, I'm loving the sort of depth we've gone into here and I kind of want to add two more elements. Is one, uh, staleness, and two, esports versus casual. So the two things I want to... First thing I think is a lot of what we were saying is compounded, I think, by the staleness of it all, which is that we've had two heroes in two, three years or something like that. And not many maps, if any, that are that anyone really enjoys anyways. And of course, that allows pros a lot more time to figure stuff out, right? I think when the game is in a lot more quick of a flux, you don't have stuff figured out as quickly. Because we've we've kind of, you know, waxed lyrical a little bit about OG Overwatch. But again, sometimes you you look back and you read things that existed in the game and you're like, I can't believe we we played we played in that game and it we whine about stuff more now. Like, you know, some people in chat mentioned like Mass Mercy Res. There was the Moth meta, you know, like, again, we mentioned how Brig at drop was, like, crazy. And, you know, there's been other little anomalies that stand out where if the game changes quickly enough, we don't necessarily grind it to the min-max. And, again, this is where people at Samido, your ELO, you know, they're affected the most by this is that when something is min-maxable, they will min-max it and they will figure it out and they will break it, right? And, and then you're in a situation where it's like, it's this or nothing. Like, you know, it's either lamp and you play around it or it's nothing because we know how to do everything else. And this is what comes out best. So there's that element of it, which lends to sort of esport aspect. But again, how other esports tend to balance this is usually maps. And one thing I know the devs have spoken about is how they feel that the maps have kind of gotten away from them, right? Like Aaron spoke quite candidly that he felt like the recent maps they designed just weren't cutting it. They weren't cutting it. There was too much open space. They didn't like it. And of course, when we saw in the little preview of the Rome push map, it was the opposite of that, right? It was like very, very tiny areas, lots of nooks and crannies. And then there wasn't really like this sort of hard corners that, you know, Frito alluded to where you can just drop the lamp around the corner and we set up here where we fight from here. It was a lot of like fights taking place everywhere. And of course, we take that with a pinch of salt and any theory crafting we have to take with a pinch of salt because it was a group of players who've never played Overwatch 2 before. We only They only had access to a handful of the heroes. We don't know what other changes are going to happen. But with maps being kind of having a, a new philosophy design as well, these are all things that will play into making Overwatch feel very different. So to the sort of gripes that you guys have about, you know, well, stuff gets broken and, you know, skillless stuff gets rewarded, is a lot of that also down to, like I said, staleness? Um, and is it is the answer to kind of, yeah, is the answer to kind of keep things fresh? One benefit of that is, like, if you're on a faster cadence then it's not broken for long. <laughs> like the yeah. truth is it's going to be broken. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say about all these games. There's always the new thing for it to be relevant has to be kind of broken usually in, in concept. Now, hopefully if they are good with sticking to their role philosophies, which as I mentioned, in my video wasn't even a distinction in overwatch one, right? They had offense and the de defensive heroes back then um, along with tanks and supports. So now that they're like balancing for a role, it feels much more like an esport game to me, where at least it'll be on the bounds of what we expect. It's like, 
uh, okay, this is a flanky type hero. And we've already seen this, like Reaper, for example, is a rework that I think is pretty underrated. Uh, I wish he wasn't as good as I think he is. Luckily, the community barely plays him or knows how to play him. So <laughs> it doesn't ruin as much of the game as I think it could, as me and SB always like to riff about Reaper, us being uh, unskilled players, let's say, that just go on the timings and run in and get free kills. I think Reaper's like, for an average level player, Reaper's way too good in my opinion. But they, they went from like trying to make him a tank buster. Meanwhile, in reality, the things that uh, actually bust tanks were much different and more about like the the higher level teamwork aspects of the game. But the recent rework has just put him kind of where somewhere in between Tracer and McCree's positioning, kind of. It's like 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 he can pressure a little bit. He he flanks like Tracer, goes up, and and I think Overwatch Two will expect all the roles to to work kind of that way. Now, uh, one thing I wanted to mention as well before I forget, I think Aaron Keller has been doing a really good job as well. Uh, I'm happy to have him at the helm. Uh, it just feels like uh, he's pretty chill, and I, I like his. Uh, that like SV brought up his uh, being candid about it. I wanted to just mention how much of a big deal that is. I mean, this is, he was the map guy for Overwatch 1. He made King's Row. So he's like, yeah, well, you know, I, I always like it when Did the devs feel like they can admit, admit uh, their mistakes. I mean, I kind of like Havana though, Sam. I don't know you hate it, but I, I think. Uh, it'd be good if they flipped around the flanks. I think it'd be fine, to be fair. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so like the, the new map design, I think is much closer to like a more complicated King's Row than even havana perhaps um with like this he's saying you so you had two main points in that sv you're like the the maps was there like another thing that i'm missing with the complexity yeah just the, this is just the map design you know usually how games refresh because again one thing samito well, was alluding to is yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I was, uh, let me just finish that off i was gonna say the one thing that games do often because the problem with overwatch often has been is that the same comp gets run everywhere and then we get bored whereas most games like again i was watching a bit of valorant a lot of it comes down to the map, therefore uh, demands a certain hero. And I think that's something that we have actually moved towards a lot more recently. Exactly. And I would anticipate, listen, if Aaron Keller says in an article, we want Overwatch 2 to be more competitive, okay? That means there's got to be, like, map selection in the game, right? Like, like how long are we going to go on this Overwatch 1 philosophy of, like, well, the, it was said uh publicly that this was something that was private in overwatch one i'm not leaking this other uh like former casters and stuff have leaked this but they wanted all the maps to get shown in the overwatch league because of the lore basically so they're like trying to show off the lore of the game like we got to drop some of those non-competitive ideas and move towards like an actual competitive game which I assume that type of thing probably is on the table as well. Hopefully we'll have stuff to talk about in that realm in the coming months. If the uniqueness of heroes is also a thing they've kind of dropped, which as I said in my video, like, you know, Sombra, and as I uh, detailed with the Reaper as well, they're just DPS heroes, right? They're just flanky DPS with, I, you know, I Wraith away and, or I hack you for extra damage or whatever, right? It's, it, it's watered down in that way where they're closer to, one hero as opposed to how they used to design heroes which is to try to like maximize the uniqueness of them which as you might imagine as they add more needs to get wackier and wackier and then all of a sudden like every hero does 10 things and it's like hold on a second like can it just you know if they just tried to like all right a, a, a brawler tank looks like this so let's make variations of a brawler tank that's going to have overlap with some of them, which is in Riot often. A lot of characters have overlap, plus or minus a couple things. 
That's just, that you was a thing they never did intentionally. Now I think they almost feel like, well, in order to have an esport, we're gonna have to do that because the evidence is there. So I, I expect that to uh, play a big factor as well. Sorry if so I steered do... us in another direction. Go ahead, dude. No, I'll talk a little bit more on that. What he just said. Um, so you do feel like it's a good thing to have overlap across some of the heroes. Because yeah. before, so I I played zero League of Legends. I know nothing about the game. And I don't know much of like the MOBA world outside of Overwatch. Um, what 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 is like the upside of having? And this is like kind of a question for you. Like, what what is the upside of having that overlap? Because to me, I look at heroes like Ash. Ash is actually one of my least favorite of the DLC heroes because I kind of hated the fact that she started to blur the lines between like the McCree and the Widow, and she kind of it was like this in between one. And I actually hated that. Well, so what what like what's the upside of this? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, and uh, I was trying to remember to think back to you and how much you like OpenQ as well when we talk about like losing the creativity, so I'm glad you, you brought this up. But from a competitive point of view, if you have a function... So let's, let's give a tag, okay? So this is something that I wish I did like years ago, but it just... The game was so complicated and crazy, I never really could do this because the rules kept changing all the time. But in a MOBA game, you'll have a tag like Jungler. So... Really easy mm. for you to understand what a jungler is, Nate, because it's your roadhog. Okay, that's what a jungler does in a MOBA game. Oh, I do and, know and, what jungler means. Yeah, I, yeah, I do know that, that one at least. And that <laughs> largely comes from Pudge, which was from Defense of the Ancients One, uh, way back in the day, where Pudge like lurks around, throws a, a hook, pulls him in. I mean, the same thing, same exact gameplay has been there for ten years. Okay, so that's a jungler. Now I brought up another one, which is like. Uh, flanker or brawler right now if we have those terms and we know what to expect from that playstyle, then what you do if you if you build off that playstyle as a goal so that's kind of what you're saying with ash and it, there is a downside right where it's like we want a hit scan character okay well what don't we have well we don't have uh, a big nuke ability um we, we don't have like a turret as an ultimate okay so that those are the new things but you are right in saying that it is more watered down like th this is what to i think you you'll have to accept as a trade-off with this where ash didn't break the game in fact she was kind of trash for like a long time because it's like well why play her when you can have widow or mccree right why, why have that middle point so you do run the risk of it being not interesting enough or not crazy enough or not broken enough but it's also easier to fit in with the balance of it i think where luckily due to ash's strengths like and we're losing this map in the competitive pool but you know good at hanamura because it, it's like the ranges are perfect she coaches the high ground uh even not this previous year but the year before that in overwatch league i remember like baby bay was like uh would pull out the ash on on hanamura um so like those those it, it becomes more about like how do i interact with the map in a more specific way and it, it's a little more niche so that's that's generally the trade-offs where it's not going to redefine the game and all of a sudden we're playing a new game, but that's also might be less exciting for some people. Uh, another example is like if they made Orisa more like Reinhardt immediately, right? As opposed to let's develop a bunker tank and she's got this massive mini grab and blah, blah, blah. They've since moved that back and now they're, it's almost like they tried to redesign her into um, a main tank type thing. Um, I, I think that's like indicating from the devs, they, they kind of just shrug. They're like, oh, we don't know how to make this interesting or to make it not unhealthy for the game. Whereas if we have molten, like you can just imagine like, so Zarya is kind of brawly like Reinhardt, right? Like what are the rules? Uh, limited mobility, um, high close range damage and can take a lot of damage. Like that's a brawler, let's say. Um, there's different versions of that. Uh, there was a character, 
Mauga that I've been waiting for. Maybe he turns that damage sort of similar to Zarya, I guess, but maybe there's like a rage mechanic where he takes a certain damage and he's at a higher, like like this is uh, common in games. If you're at a low damage threshold, let's say Mauga at 40% health does double damage, okay? So there's this, these moments where if he's maintaining his low health, he's crazier, but functionally is <clears throat> Zarya in a lot of other ways. And you might okay. say that character's like, well, you know, this, this is kind of similar to Zarya. Wants to take damage, deals more damage. Yes, but also we know how to balance that. It's not like, well, all of a sudden now here's double shield and we have a, a lamp that hides and two shields and boom, and everything's about poke now. You better play poke heroes or you're screwed. Like, like, th so you avoid that, but you also, it also might be a little more boring. Okay, I gave a lot of examples as I yeah. tend to do. I hope I destroyed yeah. that question for you. No, you yeah, absolutely no, you did. did. I thought I thought that was perfect. Um, I like all the drawing the connections to the other games too. Uh, someone actually put it in chat here. It was uh, Super Joshi ninety four when you started talking about it and drawing the comparisons to like kind of league and how much overlap they have. I was exactly thinking the hero band system thing. Like, oh, this is all the more reason for us to have a band system in Overwatch, which I know for you, you are totally on board for. As am I, and I think everyone in this call is. Are we? Is everyone here for hero bands? I'm neutral. Neutral, SV. You change your you opinion know, a lot, I'm, it feels like. <laughs> it depends on how broken the most broken DLC heroes in the game at that point in time. So it's interesting you say broken instead of uh, variety as well. Because that's like it's so not variety I, when it replaces what made the game fun rather than adds to it. Well well let's let's say we were in the world where the game's like toned down and balanced, but the answers are really obvious of like what you should play. And you should just like, like, let's just say like, I, I'd be, I'd be okay Leo. with that. I, I think I'd be okay with that. And, and I'd like to specify something as well. Like hero overlap does not necessarily mean watering down the game. When I, at least when I'm talking about watering down the game, my personal definition of it is what are the chain of events to win? And it are, is there still depth to that? And when I say depth, like, are the amount of things you need to do to win, like, could it potentially go on for a very long time if everyone's playing properly? And, you know, when the cooldown exchange is going on, for example, is one inherently much better than the other? And, like, does one just auto-win, right? Like, for example, Pulse Bomb versus Immo Field. You lose every time. doesn't matter what you do. You have to force the field first, and if you can't, you're SOL, right? I think that the, there is a difference between watering down, like, characters and what the design aspect is of it in terms of like what aesthetic goes into it and a watered down version of gameplay itself my biggest concern is watered down gameplay in five right the mechanics really, maybe is what you're focusing yeah, the on whereas the i'm mechanics, talking about the complexity i suppose yeah the variation. yeah it will not I, I think mechanics is an undersight because for example like lamp like is a nuclear deterrent where like nate said like i could go in make all these smart flanks but they still have the drone like i'm just not going to really get anything from it um, the same with like original Brig. Um, I, I just want to see that same level of depth and the the ceiling of cooldown exchanges where like you could do so many different things and nothing set in stone, but Bat drops lamp, he's still shooting you while he's immortal. You have to answer to that. I don't want abilities like that in the game. That's my personal that's that's my opinion of watering down the game and like 5v5 potentially doing that. I have a question then. I, I, yeah. I hope I'm not hijacking the uh, Go ahead. Of, this uh, is interesting. Schedule, no, you're, no, you're good. But, so so here's here's the thing though. So I'm trying to devil's advocate this. Mm -hmm. The on the other side, like what what are you what what can supports or the design of supports even do to protect against pulse bomb? Because 
back in the day, in those, both of you really hype about Dive Era, and I think Overwatch 2 will, uh, the gameplay will feel like that somewhat. But the reason why we got Brig was that Tracer ruled the game and there just was no answer to it. So if you don't have BAP Field, like, are we just expecting Zens and Mercies out there to, it's like, well, you should have headshot her. Or you should have flew away, like and that's it. You just lose every time. So it almost like no matter You're what, playing mercy, you someone lose stuck, yeah. Someone feels someone feels like they're on the receiving end of someone else's BS always. That that's the nature of Overwatch and the matchups mm. as they exist. Now, luckily, I think with heroes being less severe, that might we might expect that to feel less severe. So, like to our Bastion example earlier, like SV was saying, what do I do if I'm not playing a hero that even counters it, but my team thinks we need like. Uh, I always advise people not to play Reinhardt into Bastion if, if you're in gold. Uh, I think that's a huge mistake. You should play Sigma or D.Va. But let's say you're on Reinhardt and it's like, well, my shield's going down and I need everyone else to flank and they don't, I lose. Um, I think there'll be less things like that. But um, then what we might be asking in our Tracer example is, is does the game just turn into, well, hit a sleep dart on a forehead? Um, and Because that's kind of how it was in dive era it's like hidden ability that's really hard to hit but most of the time i think here's another thing that uh another way to illustrate this perhaps um a term that i stopped using but maybe might make more sense in overwatch 2 is like the the matchup like in fighting games you might we might call like who should win the matchup between tracer and anna and then maybe let's modify based on rank okay so at like gm maybe I'll give Tracer like 60-40, but in Plat, it might be like 80-20 or something like that because there's no peel and their mechanics aren't good enough to hit an Ana ability, so the Tracer can kind of vaguely poke them down. Um, that was the world that the entire player base existed in, basically, mm -hmm. because everybody's Plat and Blow, right? So if you, yeah. you're playing a game where Tracer rules the game, like the devs... What 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 do you expect the devs to do? Is what I'm trying to say. Like, how do they even fix that, right? Or or is your answer like get good scrubs? Because I don't I don't know if that's like you know my that answer works is, for people. If Tracer's dominating the game, you should nerf Tracer. Nerf the, either the pulse bomb up time for one. For one, if, if Anas are consistently losing, then give Anas more options. You could potentially give her two nades, but reduce the effect so that you know if the Tracer's taking the duel with her, she has more time to any actually flanker. nade herself and enable herself. How about any flanker? Because we're talking about Overwatch too. Because because we got Sombra mm. doing it coming out hacks it it's during which the dive. By the Reaper way, every Tracer. Yeah, flankers will be very good. So I think this is a, a very solid, solid point. And they'll all be kind of similar, as we said earlier, right? That's, that's yeah. why I'm saying. yeah, absolutely. Like Sombra and Reaper and Tracer and Genji, kind of the same thing. I, sorry, I have no, um, um, I'm not against at all giving support players more options to counter and duel these players and win. My issue, more so, is, is the answer is not to put Brig in the game and just have them automatically have the advantage from picking a character. Like, I am totally okay. Like, for example, I think Ana's biggest issue against Tracer is that her cooldowns are very impactful but they have a lot of downtime. While Tracer's uptime is really, really high in the back line, and this is why I think she's so consistent, or why she's so good, is because she's consistently able to be one blink as you reload, and you already got your next clip on the Ana. But the Ana needs cooldown is what, like 12, 10, or eight seconds now? Uh, bottom line, much higher, and, and you have much more downtime compared to the Tracer when you're, you have, you're much, it's much harder to hit shots. So maybe one answer, would be to increase Ana's uptime, but decrease her efficient her effectiveness 
or, or power of the ability. So for example, a good one potential answer to that would be if say Ana's just getting shit on by tracers in low ranks. Okay. How can we help this but maintain her skill curve? Well, we could give her two nades, similar to how Junkrat has two minds, but reduce the duration of the anti-heal on the heal buff. So that way, in these fights, she has more chances to heal herself and actually take that head-on duel with the Tracer, right? That It's not like Brig, where it's like, well, she just is tankier. She just is better than the Tracer. No, she just now, if you're a better player, you actually have more opportunity to match Tracer's uptime in fights. That would be a better answer. Personally, I think you probably would need to nerf. I, I, will, I expect Tracer to get nerfed from where she is now when Overwatch 2 comes out. I Remember think that roll she's going to be so good. Kind of do what roll you're pass. saying as well. Yeah, right? you're like, right. They the do support have regen does It's help. not as yeah. big, though, because like, you'll, you'll need downtime. You'll need, like, a Mercy-esque yeah. level of downtime of safety. But so mm -hmm. they, they, are, they are kind of dealing with that as well. So mm -hmm. that, I, that's I, my answer. You, you can absolutely change cooldowns and effectiveness of, of certain characters that maintain the game integrity, that maintain fair play, that maintain the exchange of cooldowns that gave Overwatch so much depth without putting Brig in the game. You can do it. Is it easy? No. I'm not saying it's a walk in the park, but it's absolutely doable, and I think that's what made the game so great and made people feel like they had endless time. Because like if Ana has more uptime to nade herself, or I think Ana should be able to nano herself. You know, if say you get stuck and you're like, well, is that just it? Well, why can't Ana nano herself? If 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 that tracer player is going to commit an ult on me, wait, I wait, see wait, no problem. On, with How is that different than Lamp, Sam? How's it different than Lamp? Because it's not a guarantee win. Because the tracer, if she sticks you and you get stuck and you nano yourself, you can stay in the fight. You don't have to switch targets and you can still kill her, right? But if it's Lamp, you're just fucked and you get absolutely no value. I'm, I'm, Pulse might still kill an Ana through... No, I think she might barely survive. 300 damage, I believe. Cool. Half of Three, that so would 150, be 150. 150, sure. so, but you can still... But, like, yeah, but as a Tracer, compared to Drone, like, you can at least stay in that fight and potentially get value, right? Like... It gives yeah, it's not a team-wide thing. I, I understand yeah, yeah. And, the, and the an, downfall of what I'm and saying. And it's an ultimate. I get what, I get what you're trying to say. My, too, my point but. is, my, my yeah, it's functionally an ultimate. My, my What I'm yeah. trying to devil's advocate for you is, like, no matter what, you're just coming up with, like, a similar version of Lamp. That's kind of my point. It where, is, where but it's like, not as egregious. Eventually it still it's not comes doing down two to, things at once. Yeah, yeah. It, admitted. Uh, but my, my, I think what uh, you may have to just... Uh, accept about the game, though, is, like, we have Brig. We're going to have more characters like Brig. So like that, like that's just a reality of like like if I'm you wanted well to play aware. a full this is where I always go to my shoot mania example okay the game nobody's ever heard of if you wanted to play a full shooter game that's all for esports I mean Quake Champions was right there like like what what you got to remember like what do the scrubs of the world like me and SVB do what what characters can I play I was saying this in the chat to you guys earlier it's like I already feel like I probably should just play Mercy because I don't know if I have the mechanics to reliably land the mechanics that are required to play any of these characters to like a gm level anymore in overwatch one and i think that's just gonna be worse now i'm fine with that because my enjoyment of the game doesn't come from like what rank can i achieve mm. by by bsing the metas like i have for the past five years or whatever it's been i don't need that to enjoy the game in fact i enjoy the game more when it's more difficult for me but um it also is is punishing right like like the answer can't end up being like well every character is going to be a shooter character like that's just not going to happen right the, with the there's no with problem the with the mechanics of the game it's just like how how high should you be able to go in the competitive tier with those picks i think is a reasonable uh discussion instead like like how valuable yeah. how strong should they be at higher tiers as opposed to like well if it's an easy character with a drop off i think we're always all fine with that but uh, i think to your tracer example right like she uh i think she kind of she does have like 
they definitely tuned down Brig a lot, where, like, at the pro level, at least, Tracers kind of walk over them a bit. Like, like you can't even pick anything else. So that, that's, like, where it goes to the other degree, where Brig has been balanced, I think, pretty well, but, like, these pro-level Tracers sticker every time. And it's just like, well, that's your best option, but, like, Tracer still runs the matchup. And I think we'll see stuff like that in Overwatch 2 as well. So I just, I don't know if there's an answer to this other than let's maybe just introduce hero bands so we can mix some of this up a bit because other otherwise like whatever you can survive at and not auto lose is going to be what you have to pick basically whether that means it's a high skill pick or a uh, i'm a character with a button to survive whether it's self nano or drone or whatever um it's always going to come down to those two principles i think you either need to be able to fight back or push a button to survive that's it that's the only thing existing in the game because remember we're limiting the team comp power so it's not going to be like well, if we just switch over a few picks, we can still get this this to work. That's not really going to be a thing in Overwatch 2, I don't think, based on like what Jake said being true. Can I add on to that real quick before we subject change? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. One thing I'd like to say, like your Brig Tracer example, one thing that's that we forget about nowadays that's easy to forget about is Brig is actually a big Tracer enabler now as well due to how she heals with inspire in the pack so like brig now it's kind of weird how that whole dynamic work right you put her in the game to stop dive and now she's the biggest enabler in dive comp right and it's like well here we are um but um i i think we're actually agreed frito as well like i don't have a problem with play like i don't think the game should be all mechanics but if the game's not all mechanics the characters that aren't mechanically intensive need to operate like reinhardt and winston right where they don't require mechanics, but if you have a great sense of game flow, you have a great sense of like positioning and everything, like you should absolutely get rewarded. And that's what made Overwatch so phenomenal. But even to that degree, I think that's the biggest, my biggest gripe with Brig per se, and maybe, maybe Drone too. It's like, well, that just, that hurts the main tank more than it hurts the DPS player. You know what I mean? Because now it's like, well, what are you supposed to do? Like, you know, I do everything right. But even with my brain power, it's still just a win button, which is why my personal answer would be nerf Tracer into that question. Sorry to stay on that point. Like, if, if Tracer's mechanically just dominating that much, you got to nerf her. It's that simple. Um, but, yeah, I think I actually think we ended up agreeing a lot more than what what we thought. I, I agree totally about your points about mechanics and, and game sense. There's always going to be broken stuff in the game like Brig. I, I just hope that it gets tuned down to the point where those do-it-all characters – have a drop off at high level play and maintain this skill to reward curve that we, you and I have talked about many times and that I, I'm sure we agree on. Um, I got a question we'll, for everybody. We'll see. Yeah. So let's say we go into a world where the hero diversity is shallow because of this skill reward principle existing. Um, is that one we're happy with? Like, like I don't think they're adding hero bands. Just put put it that out there. I don't think that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But what might happen is like the game, like so. An example I think of is we all remember, well, I think, <laughs> I think we're old enough to remember Team Fortress 2, which Overwatch <laughs> takes from quite a bit. And Team Fortress 2's meta or like the diversity of the cast was pretty simple. It's like, there's a guy with a minigun, there's a rocket launcher guy jumping around, there's a scout double jumping, and, and there's a healer, whatever. It's like a much more simple version of, of Overwatch, right? In that way where mm. if we're biasing towards skill and taking away some of that team comp complexity, the game's going to more closely resemble a more simplified game, even if there are more options to pick. This was something, uh, I can't remember how I used to say this years ago, but it, like, can't re recall how I said it, but the uh, having a lot of, like, 
uncompetitive options also isn't too interesting to me either. So like, because I don't want the game to just be Quaker shoot mania as well. Yeah. Like I think like a lot of fans were happy to see like, Oh, Symmetra's good on a couple maps. Like there's a lot of fans that like that. Now I, I kind of hate Symmetra, <laughs> but, uh, especially <laughs> that sim may comp, but at least like from a strategy diversity perspective, they kind of landed at a point with overwatch one where, well, Zen and Ball's broken, but Brawl can be broken on the few maps if you play it right. And like, so we kind of reached that zenith already. Like we've seen that. But with the Overwatch 2 philosophy, we might land into like, we, we forget, okay? I, I keep bringing us back to this. Let, let, not Don't tunnel vision on Brig as a concept or these individual abilities like Lamp or whatever. The rule set of the game from the dive era was supports got deleted gonna say another word but uh, supports got deleted and your role as zen was to survive as long as you could good luck zen players you gotta pick zen and good luck surviving so they 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 slowed down the game inherently on purpose to try to give you some abilities like we're saying to slow it down but overwatch 2 might sort of uh shrivel down to be similar to that dive era who knows what the heroes will be like use your imagination yeah. i don't know off angle guy 76 or whatever right like <laughs> well whatever that looks like and that that rule set might might be much simpler is what i'm saying well, like I we either need be. will that be okay or will we then like demand hero bands or or go back to like <laughs> the full circle it's like well we need another brig type thing to, yeah like, you know <laughs> add some complexity to this we, we need some strategy complexity because that that's the when i bring her up brig I'm, I'm trying not to have us like just Think about the mechanics of Brig. What I'm saying is Brig Brig fills a Brig-shaped hole in the Overwatch cast, okay? Like, to change the game so that you feel like you can interact with it from different positions as opposed, yeah. as opposed to just being a DPS carry the entire game fest, which yeah. I think, a lot of people didn't like back then. So, I, I think anyway, I, I've got the stage I, for that. I, Go ahead. I was going to say, I think what we're alluding to as well is, like, are we going to solidify the principles of the game? This is what you've kind of, I feel, been alluding to all, all this time, Frito. It's like, if we go that direction, we'll solidify what the game is supposed to be, right? So again, think of a MOBA. We know what the, like the, the key principles of a MOBA never change. It's the same exact thing. Top, middle, bottom, the same map with these three lanes. This is the creeps, this is blah, blah, blah. That aspect never changes, just like the heroes that you're picking might change. And I guess what you're asking then is, are we okay solidifying the game as this is Overwatch? Because at the moment, Overwatch is liable to change completely with the introduction of any one new hero. Right, and that's something we have seen with Sigma and Brig and and Bap even, right? Like, oh, this new hero completely changes the game. So I guess what we're, yeah, what you're asking is for you to put it another way is like, are we okay simplifying the or not simplifying? Let's say solidifying the game to be we we know Overwatch, we like Overwatch to be like this, and indefinitely it should be like this forever. And new heroes will just kind of slot into the same archetype. Or do we have the coin flip, which is well, we like the fact that heroes can come in and completely change the game and give us a fresh new experience, but sometimes that also rankles deeply with us because like well this guy is bullshit now and i have to pick him because he defines the game so hard another way i might ask the question is like how do they create meta diversity in 5v5 how is it even possible maps. it's really 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 going to depend on the map structure how much cover there is like because for, for example like like i can see ryan changes being really really strong on a map like king's row but if you were put him on junkertown right now like in 5v5 night and day night and day 
like the map design is going to have an enormous impact because I think the best possible comp to play in 5v5 when there's less tanked appeal will be a form of tracer dive, 100%. I, I That is something I can say pretty confidently right now, I think. Heroes like tracer because of her consistent uptime and what she can do. Like that style of comp, like ball triple DPS is almost what it feels like to me, right? That style of comp will dominate. Unless you have a map like King's Row that is so close quarters, a Ryan Rush comp can run something down because you have to be close enough to the objective to where they can... Does that make sense? Like, on King's Row, like, if you want to be giving value to the fight, especially as a backline, like, you need to be close enough to the cart to where they probably can run you down. But on maps like Junkertown, that's not the case. So, it, my, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop myself from rambling here, but the, the number one thing that we are unsure about right now will be the map design and, and, and what kind of how far do you have to rotate off the objective and how long do you have to stay on it in order to like get value. And if it's a, a low time frame, you'll see some Lucio Moira rush probably. But if it's a higher time frame, you'll see a lot of like, I think I think Brig Zen will be, I obviously have not seen the other supports. I think Brig Zen will be incredibly strong. I think on a Brig, I'm concerned about how hard it's going to be to build Nano. Maybe Ana with the self-heal changes. I think Brig Zen Sombra will be really good because Sombra does not like take off Zen shields anymore. And I think stacking the Discord or Nano or damage boost with like the Sombra new passive will be really, 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 really good. And that she can hack an Invis too. So I think maps and, and how they design them are just going to have an enormous impact on that. Number one factor. Nate, you concur with that? Yes. Thanks for your input, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, slow down, Nate. We only have so much time, man. I was eating ice cream for a little bit and checked my phone, and so I did zone out the last <laughs> minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Sorry. It's just, well, I think essentially, maps are just going to dictate the game meta more than anything. Yeah, I'm a little worried about this, actually, because the game modes are more uniform than before. We're losing two CP, which, like, in some eras, like, you know, Bunker was only good on defending two CP, which is like, so that's a own other style of comp that had variation. We're losing the, the whole Assault archetype, which biased more towards, like, bigger ultimate uh combos as just really gimmicky gameplay that we don't really want but it also was like a tool a balancing tool that you had to play these maps that uh uh you could see some variation on it whereas now the game's closer to it's like we have another control almost essentially yes another it's, really deathmatch exactly style like yeah uh, aaron keller i thought did a really good job explaining it and i thought was evidence in the gameplay as well but like there, so there's more rotation punishing like there is in transitions of payloads, but um, because it goes back and forth, like it is a bit like control. I think it's actually, I might say it's closer to payload to be honest than uh, than control. But anyway, my, my point is, I don't know if the maps can get, uh, if the maps can get diverse enough basically. Cause I always felt that for the, like if you think about all the payload maps and hybrid maps, are they really that diverse? Or are they all just like an Overwatch payload map? Like you have extreme ones that are longer range, I guess, like Junkertown and Hindvana. But um, I think the game mode type does more to change the map than inside the map mode. Does that make sense? Mm. And if we have another one that's a similar like follow up, like another payload, basically, th yeah. then which in some ways this is good. Okay, <laughs> we talked about the complexity before, like removing two CP, really good for the game. But as far as like diversity of strategies, like I, I like like we don't have 
So the only other esport game that really has multiple modes is Call of Duty. And they'll have the respawn types and search and destroy. We don't really have like a one that mixes up the gameplay in, in that way, which is, I suppose, my concern. With that being the suggested solution to this. And often the, the hard niche maps haven't gone down well either. Again, we, we might fixate on the particulars of it, but something like Havana and Junkertown, which are like, hey, let's make sniper maps. Everyone's like, God, I hate these maps. I don't. But well, I, okay. don't mind I, I don't. I don't mind Junkertown. As a, my issue with Havana is that even like there's just not many options at all to do anything, and you're just answering to the power double shield the whole time. Like if, for example, if point ones, like if point one, if you went into that left room and you could make it around to their old to their second spawn, the map would be much better because you can actually flank with your sigma, split teams, make decisions that add options. If the flank on point three was on the left side rather than the right side, it gives you more options, right? Like my issue what? with Lana is that there's only one option to really push each choke. And if you can't do it, you can't do it, right? And, and it's just bland, boring. Um, but in terms of uh, – can I – I also want to address what Frito said before, Go ahead. before we – um, I think, Frito, you can get diversity of strategy. The the key thing is like for example like you know when you're pushing the card on Havana, you like snipers have all these high grounds and long lines of sight that you can't run at, at with Reinhardt or something like that like that you have to make some crazy obnoxious rotation to get to them and it wastes your time it wastes your consistency it wastes your uptime of pushing the payload if they have maps like that it'll kind of force the divey you know, or sniper mirror poke. Or, you know, and you can't really run rush because you can't make it there. But if it's a map like King's Row, that's still like a push pushable cart where there's a lot of corners and stuff where that distance to shoot at players is not is not nearly as long. And this could be the distance between 10 and 15 meters. Very minuscule distances make a huge difference depending on the shield values and the sustain values. Since there's not two uh, bells and whistles as we used to describe in Goat's Matter to keep the Reinhardt alive. Um... That'll be the big difference maker, is is those long lines of sight to shoot and high grounds to shoot from. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I, I think, again, yeah, it's always, it always does come down to execution at the end of the day. And, you know, we can say, well, in theory is this, but, you know, you, you point Samito and just like, well, it's not the theory that I have a problem with, it's, it's how they did it. I guess the underlying issue that I was kind of trying to raise as well is that if we think of the player base of Overwatch, they don't really like the idea of the map dictating their pick in many ways as well this is the kind of elephant in the room is that people do like to just one trick or two trick or play whatever hero and i think that's one of the reasons probably why people hate you know have such strong fixations on like i hate junker town or i hate havana or i hate think of paris and horizon right where they were like well let's make this map where bunker is now strong right that was the idea behind paris like hey this is a really perfect high ground with one choke and bunker is strong and in a way, that works for the pro level is what we're saying. Or we're saying, well, this is how you create hero diversity at the pro level. You have a map that kind of dictates and really favors a certain playstyle. Is that to some degree incongruous with the regular player base who say, but I just want to run Ryan in every map. But I, I, I don't, I don't want to have to learn ball and flex ball or, you know, whatever. I, I just want to play far every map. Does that kind of, is it incongruous somewhere? Go ahead, Samito. Uh, I'll, make, I'll make mine quick so you guys can get to it. Um, I think that if maps are designed well, you'll have options to play many different things, especially for your average player, because the margin for error at low levels is much higher than it is at high level play. And I, I think the reason why high level players hate Havana so much is like there should be options to play. Like, it, for example, if those two flanks were, if the first flank was on the left side of the map and uh, the third flank, the third point flank on the far right was on the left side of the map, 
Like you could you could run Ryan Rush and make a rotation, you'd have a chance, right? But the the issue with a lot of these maps is that there's n not even the option to really do anything because of their design. And I think that's what people's issues are. I don't think it'll be a big problem for low ranks. The margin for error is very high. And if the maps are designed well, especially push with its fast tempo, you should on paper be able to play a lot of different things. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm happy you guys said that because I, I'm, I think my concerns are pro play pretty much because I think when the game's focusing more on mechanics, it like, even though I think Bastion's trash, if you master that new Bastion, you know, maybe you're diamond on him, but like gold on soldier or something. And for the average player, I think you're going to feel more so you're in SVB's like argument where um, the game gets to a point where I want like learning other games is really insightful to me to come back to Overwatch, like in a fighting game, right? I always bring up a fighting game on this, on this uh, show, but um, you're not expected to learn all the characters. You learn your matchups but you only get like the mechanics of a few characters. And that's just like a really poor way to play Overwatch 1, I think. Like, that's like a terrible way. Instead, you should learn the meta and then why that interacts in that way. Um, with more in the meta, it's, it's like at its peak complexity point now, in my opinion. But when team comps aren't as important in Overwatch 2, you just need to execute your hero, pretty much. Whatever it is, shoot the other guys and don't die. Like, like it, it comes down to that Call of Duty-esque stuff my my issues for like what i uh really enjoy is is pro level play and as much as like we might say that the dive era had the right rewards for like in ranked like that era there was like a lot of one trick players and high level on the ladder like you know i i'm pretty sure sam was a high ranked uh hanzo player at the time right like you could specialize in your heroes because it was more deathmatchy we'll have that again in overwatch too so i think it's fine for ladder but at the same time um we we saw like two years of tracer genji and I, and i don't know if i personally am a huge fan of seeing that at the highest tier i perhaps think my favorite eras were either year one of overwatch league or the recent years actually where with the the hero shooter era where like stuff goes hard like there's some strategies that really go hard it's all about aggression and there's some oppressive team comps but there's lots of them um i kind of like that version of overwatch it's just like i don't know if the new formulation of the game can produce that effect when you lose the bells and whistles that cause it to happen <laughs> like like sombra has to be kind of op for me to envision that comp to be a thing otherwise she's like budget tracer and and, and it becomes it becomes a much more simplified um arithmetic of like if you need one flanker in that role let's just say let's say it's like like a hit scan flankers and often uh meta comp like let's just and, and there's five options well there might be just one easily best one which is the case by the way often in these moba games and and valorant to some degree as well i haven't watched valorant in a while so i could be mistaken on that but for the most part it's like there's in valorant there's like one meta controller right who does smokes for the team and it's it's pretty tough to try to get the other ones like like a valorant example is there's a character called viper who had very different types of smokes to everybody else she made walls that were on a resource that you could use over and over again that's useful on a tight map where there's like a main choke you could wall off but otherwise it was like basically trash and it was like five percent pick rate compared to the other ones got all of the pick rate um the more we make a game like that the more i think whatever these roles are it's like 
let's say there's a map that rewards fighting on the objective, okay? Well, there's going to be lots of options for brawly characters. What, why do we pick other ones? And, and in Overwatch 1, I know the answer to that. I know why you pick certain comps because it's like, well, Sim can TP to close the gap here or May, May has a, a wall for this choke. But I think these are those types of kit we're losing in Overwatch 2. Then it comes down to, well, can May shoot a tracer? not too well in Overwatch 2, right? So it's like, <laughs> uh, pick McCree in that spot or lose. Like, I think, like, the game comes down to that, which was the case in the dive era, which is kind of why, like, I feel like I prodded you guys in that direction for a while, but maybe this is just a me thing, where I'm like, I, I don't really want to see uh, Genji Tracer at the pro level for, like, two years. Like, I think that would be no, kind of lame. I, I agree uh, with you. Even if, it is, even if it is, like, super skilled. Like, let's say that's even the truth. That's like, that's like the team fortress 2 version of overwatch right where there's like a set heroes that are easily the best who can outskill it the, the less you take the, the the smaller and more narrow the team comps are where it's like clearly one comp is best the the high you, you it increases how much skill in that comp right like goats meta as much as we dislike it for a lot of reasons it was a very skill intensive meta where the best teams destroyed you. And there wasn't really an option really until later on at the, near the end to try to figure out how to play something else. But dive meta was very similar to that. And if we're in a game that's like Call of Duty-esque, it's like which, which hero Call of Duty shooter game runs around the objective and frags the best. Uh, everything else becomes yeah. irrelevant pretty quickly. Okay, that's my whole thesis on that. I, I, th I, I think you're right, and they absolutely. I'm telling you, right? If they reduce CC. They absolutely need to nerf dive heroes. Absolutely. Yeah, and they're aware of that. They, they they did point out that like Tracer probably uh, wrecking ball for sure. They're like wrecking oh, ball yeah. injury work. How do we even yeah. do this? So you know, Doom a lot of this will still be to come. I I think this will be a good. So I think. I'm to blame for this always. We got really philosophical <laughs> this, this 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 call. Um, but probably I hope the viewers watching the show will feel this is like a good prompt to the next series of announcements that are bound to be around the corner. Like what are the format changes? What are the new heroes? What are the 10 other reworks we need? Like like having all these questions be asked now, we can now more critically look at that upcoming uh, uh, set series of information. Um, okay. I, yeah, I absolutely. Because I think, because I think that's the thing. Uh, at the moment, we're going on a lot of vagues and unknowns, right? We, we've we've given some some answers, but still a lot of questions remain. And I think what I want to kind of push this towards is is addressing maybe some of the fears that people had watching the grand final stream. And mostly, I think what we're what we're kind of dealing with here is a lot of people who are currently playing the game worried about the fact that well, I played the game now for X X reasons. And it feels like Overwatch 2 is taking away those reasons. So I kind of want get, to get to the idea of like, well, what do we lose? We've talked a lot about what we might gain. But this idea of tank synergy, I know a lot of people are, are very upset about. And again, the deathmatchy thing that we've kind of said, wait, that's great. A lot of people are very worried. They're like, well, I'm someone who likes to leverage my game knowledge, right? And Samito, I know earlier you said, well, I want, if, if heroes don't want to have mechanics, I want them to play like Ryan and Winston. Funnily enough, those those heroes are kind of dumpster. Well, you know, Ryan certainly dumpster, and Winston players certainly not having a lot of fun. And I think that idea of like, is is it possible even to have a game where leveraging knowledge is very powerful, but skill mechanical skill kind of triumphs at the end of the day anyway? So how can that mechanically character be good? 
So, I mean, what do you guys feel about, what, what would your answers be to the people who say these things? Like, well, we're losing that tank synergy. I don't want a deathmatch game. I signed up for a team-based game. And I'm a player who likes the the, the, the leveraging of my knowledge. Because, again, most people here have been playing the game for a while. And they don't really care if new players are happy or not. Yeah. Uh, you, got, you guys care if I start or you want to Nate's, start? I, I don't mind. I, I, let's have Nate chat because yeah, Nate, Nate hasn't, Nate hasn't spoken in a while. Nate, you go. Okay. Well, I, I'd almost think of it as like a fallacy to think that like you lose teamwork in Overwatch 2 by losing that second tank. Because uh, I saw like even when we started the stream, I saw a couple of people ta talking in the chat saying like, oh, you know, Overwatch 2 is not going to be, you know, for teamwork. This is going to be deathmatch. But as like I, so like for work, I work with a pro Call of Duty team. I work with the Florida Mutineers and I'm kind of around them and I see the way they come. I see the way these games play out. And a more like deathmatch style game where you can respawn fast and you, it's not as like everyone pushes at once like an Overwatch as we know it right now. I don't think we're going to lose team synergy at all. You'll lose the Zarya bubble on the Ryan when Ryan goes in to take damage. You'll lose that exact synergy piece. Yes, that we know, you know, from 100 games played of that. But I, I think the way that teamwork is going to be in Overwatch 2 is just going to be different it's not going to be gone it's just going to be different the way you talk to your teammates the way people rotate and fight around a point or you know whatever team synergy that you feel like you're missing you know going from one to overwatch two it's just going to be different so like that is common i remember seeing that in the broadcast stream as well uh from the finals when they were playing overwatch two like the element of teamwork being gone and so yeah i i don't think it'll be gone at all it's just simply different and I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I'm with everyone else where I love the Ryan Zarya sort of synergy and tank synergy. And yeah, tank synergy will be gone because there's only one tank now. But uh, you, you're, you still ha will get, I'm sure, a lot of that rush and that feeling of like, okay, you're playing Zarya and you love to bubble the Ryan or you love to you know, bubble yourself, whatever. You're still going to have a lot of that gameplay. You know, instead of bubbling the Ryan, you're going to bubble whatever DPS or whatever healer. Um, I, I don't think people is losing... Uh, nobody's losing teamwork and team synergy is what i'm getting at i, I think it's just going to play a little bit differently you're just working with your team in different ways but yeah so i hope no one is going into overwatch 2 thinking that this is not a teamwork game anymore this is just straight deathmatch and we say the word deathmatch a lot this is you know it's not like call of duty team deathmatch no, this, this is very much a coordinated deathmatch happening but I, I look at more as like close mini deathmatches that are happening around and then they can like turn into a whole team fight um that's the way I kind of look at it. That's what I've observed mm -hmm. watching the games. I have a bit but um, that I want to remember, but I can let you go first if you want, Sam. Uh, if you, if you want to remember. If you say, okay, so go ahead, Nate. I want to say one thing real fast. I have to leave at 7.30 as well, which is in 13 minutes. You're good. All right. Well, so we'll, let's, we'll start editing towards wrapping it up. So go ahead, mm -hmm. Frito and Sam. I recall I had a video that broke this down, um, but the soul dynasty used reaper basically like an engage piece which is very similar to how things work in dota game in uh, moba games dota especially in dota there's like a whole tag called initiator for like characters that are good at like setting the engage in overwatch one we're used to that being working behind a barrier but we already have th this like moba style engage with like a ball comp for example which if you're in ranked 90% of players have no idea how to play, right? Which is to say, I need to use my own cover to set the stage first, then coordinate with the ball. As opposed to, I'm behind a character that makes me invulnerable with a shield, let's walk together. 
And unfortunately, that's how like mo that, for those players, this is gonna hit them in the face, okay? Because it's like I gotta wait, I gotta use cover all the time. You you mean I gotta play? So to them, th when they say like teamwork, what I think they mean is all the mechanics that make Overwatch really easy to play. I think like hmm. it, it all of a sudden is a shooter now. So learn how to path around the map. Uh, uh, you, you better learn how to work that jungle flank and on the, on those ganks, right? Because the game <laughs> will play more like that. Because if we're saying, okay, ball's super broken, it's because of what I just said. The things that set the engage will feel different and how you path through the map will feel different. You can go on the objective and fight on there and everything, right? But like, you just won't have this sense of security regrouping with your team when you guys did regroup which you know <laughs> like like i think what's important to know is like the gap between your team regrouping and the enemy not uh or or vice versa rather your team not regrouping and the enemy being together like you step out of spawn insta die like every plat game i watch is sort of like that where someone just isn't tracking the regroup right and the enemy has two tanks full safety and you don't you just go out to really and die like the aspect of that will be diminished a bit because at any point you can get an angle and you are more likely to see something you can interact with as opposed to Overwatch 1 where it's more about, like we say MOBA, but really, like I said, MOBAs play with the engage type that I was saying before where they path individually and collapse. Whereas Overwatch is this entirely different thing, which has a concept of a protection tank that makes it easy to path. Like that power, not only is it super low now in Overwatch 1, but there's only one tank. And oftentimes you might not have even the character of that type. I mean, you might not have a Reinhardt. Like we, we easily forget that like 70 to 90% of players expect Reinhardt in every single game or it's unplayable. So <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be a big uh, a shock for them. Yeah. So I think that's like the teamwork. That, that's what they mean when they say the teamwork's going away. Um, oh, sorry. So yeah, summarize my point. Soul Dynasty, I think it was last year or this year. I can't remember. They used Reaper's Telly and bubbled him Them, so yep. that will still exist right and, and doom will be different now maybe he's a tank or whatever but His like you'll double somber hacks will happen every game right like like if you if you might send your tracer in front to receive the bubble so it might be more about the resources going to the damage picks that go in as opposed to uh the tank or you know i i, I envision it a little bit more limited where if you need appeal you need diva whereas Maybe you have a feeder character on your team, like <laughs> like Tracer. Maybe you need the Zarya, but it's just where the resources go and the funk and the look of how that initiation is set up will be closer to a, a MOBA game. Go ahead, uh, Sam. I I think you hit the nail on the head. I think if people are teamwork between tanks specifically will go away, but it's a very shallow view of the game to think teamwork is going to go away in its entirety. It's just who you are enabling is going to be very different. Uh, as Frito said, Bubble Reaper in, extremely strong. Even now, you see that happen. Well, I used to Bubble Blossom into Goats all the time. It was like the meme. It was it, We called it the Alpha TP. And this is, I don't know if you guys remember this back when we were picking Reaper when they first buffed him in ranked because the ranked divas sucked. So you could actually run that Reaper to Goats. So there's a video of me and DeFran playing, and I just locked the new Reaper. I think he was on Zarya. He just bubbled me in, and I like we just, I had like 55% of team damage. It was disgusting. Right. And it's like combos like that, you will see. You will see Divas engaging uh, forward with Matrix to start fights. Like a lot of these niche things that you really saw in open queue much more than roll queue. And I think that's why people are kind of forgetting. You used to see these things happen much more. 
Um, but to, to say teamwork is going away, I think you will be very surprised, especially if the high sustain where every like for for example, Brig or Bat aren't as good necessarily because there's one less tank for them to heal. And say Ana Mercy comes back or Lucio Moira, like you'll see a lot of different synergies and interactions come out that were very niche in the current game. So to say teamwork's going away, I think is a, is a very uninformed statement. And I think that a lot of especially lower ranked players who maybe are claiming that, and no, I'm not trying to be elitist here, apparently, you know, GM elitist, whatever. But <laughs> I, I dare say that they don't know what teamwork is to begin with. What teamwork, sorry, let me rephrase. They don't know what the potential of teamwork is in current Overwatch, right? And I, I, it's, it's just going to be there. And I think that people will be pleasantly surprised depending on how the tanks are implemented. I'll give you an example where I'll be pleasantly surprised. The enemy team have a double shield comp set up on a really adv advantageous position, and you're trying to run ball into it. As a ball player, I know how to do it, but it's hard. <laughs> it's like, like I can tell you all the, the flow chart of what we need, but it's like, all right, my team, my if my team gets sucked into a hole, maybe they just die for free. And it's so much mm -hmm. easier to either mirror that or use a sh big old shield rectangle man to go yeah. in with them. Like those are two options are easier. Is it and now that's gone? It, right, and then what I'm saying is those types of things are gone. Like those mis mis mismatch, the ease of teamwork is definitely not there. Like it won't be easy yeah. to have teamwork, but it'll still be rewarded. It's just like mm -hmm. I think the the ninety ten rule. I'm going to keep bringing up, but like Sombra, one second of hack. There's there's room for teamwork, but you better execute it, right? Like it's yeah. it's a more high end thing, and I think that's good because as you know, we started the show earlier. I'm like, you know, only GMs know how to play around Brig. Oh, that's it in in Overwatch One. Whereas uh, I think that might be harsher in Overwatch Two, but in a good way where you won't be able to. It'll be harder to exploit the benefits of teamwork. Um, the ceiling of teamwork, like like yeah. goats. The ceiling of goats surprised me like year on year when it was out. It was like I couldn't believe how much better teams could get at goats. I'm like, surely someone will counter this. And it, like like yeah, the tr which you know we say it's the easier easier comp or something, but the the spacing and cycling and the ceiling of that comp, like that kind of proved to everyone what the ceiling of teamwork is in Overwatch. And I think like Overwatch two caps that just makes it a lot harder to do like it'll still be required but uh you know shooting the thing will also work as opposed to the you know our cycle of abilities is oppressive and unbeatable like there's a lot of overwatch one stuff where it's like we cycle these few abilities you can't beat it i gave the simple version of like they have double shield and you don't like that like that's bs no one really likes that so uh i think that's a good thing yeah overall. Yeah, I, I mean, we could go super deep into the philosophy of what, you know, draws that mindset, but I, I'm conscious of Nate's time. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up with my own little addition, which is that, again, I agree with Frito that actually just playing other games or analyzing other games is so insightful when you come back to watch. Because, again, I've just started playing Valorant, and uh, I've been watching the pro Valorant, and then I go in and play, and I'm in Dumpster Town because, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely new. And, I'll and, you know, my team is, like, expecting me to death ball. And I think that's the same principle in Overwatch, where people expect death ball and they they kind of conflate death ball with teamwork and you know they'll be pushing point a and i'll be like well i'm gonna just pressure point b a little bit make them think we're going point b and that will force two people to defend point b but of course my team runs it down a they die and they're like why aren't you on a i was like well yeah but there's two people here fighting me so by being here i've taken two people away right that's that's how the game works but people often conflate death balling with team with team synergy whereas again in overwatch what i would say is Someone being next to you does not necessarily mean they're helping you. And someone being far away might actually help you get the objective that you're trying to break down. So we might need to expand our horizons a little bit on that front. Um, but 
because I know Nate's got to go, I want to head out to our concluding uh, thoughts. So I'll just ask, as I always do, some sort of open-ended question. And in this case, what I want to ask is, guys, there's obviously, like I said, a lot in the air, so a lot we don't know. So what do you want to hear about next? Like, what do you want to know next? Frito said, you know, we, we can only assume there's some developer updates coming because there's so many things we need to know. What do you want? What do you think is most pertinent? So I'll start with Nate, since Nate is uh, potentially time pressing. If you got to go after that, Nate, you, you head on down. Well, I guess if we're allowed to be, uh, if we can pick anything, I know this is not what they're going to announce next, but if I could pick what we heard next, I play the competitive mode the most. So I want to hear about competitive. I want to hear like whether or not they're resetting everyone's ranks in MMR, which I hope they do for Overwatch 2. I want to hear, a, <laughs> it's like they won't, they won't. <laughs> I also want to hear if they're going to do like a period of time where like an Overwatch 1 on launch, we did not have a competitive game mode. And then like a month and a half later, two months later, then we had a competitive mode, give people time to like learn the game, kind of figure out how you even play this. Um, I want to hear if they're doing stuff like that. And I want to hear about if we're getting some sort of like more changes, I guess, specific to that. We talked about kind of map pool, map picks earlier like being able to pick your own map like you can in cs um i want to hear if we get that i want to hear about anything to do with the competitive game mode because that's where i'm gonna be spending all my time um outside of that uh i guess what incentives i guess it would be in incentives for us to keep playing whereas for overwatch one you never really had any sort of incentive to play besides i guess maybe grab a friend so you get the 20 percent xp bonus in group queue and uh you can get, I guess, a loot box every time you level up. Not really enough of an incentive. I'm hoping they figured out what else they're going to do to keep us going. And yeah, that's what I want to hear. Fair play. And I think, yeah, something that definitely the, the hardcore community left still want to know about. I'm headed down to Frito next. And we'll top, top it off with Samito to end it. Uh, I'll say, rather than a wish list, I'll just say uh, what I expect to happen. I think we're going to get a series of hero reworks, perhaps in pairs again. Um, over the next few months, maybe like once a month or something, a, a pair of heroes, they'll say like, oh, here's the new Doom Doomfist or whatever. Um, I wonder how they're going to handle the handful of heroes that Aaron Keller said should be out by the time Overwatch League is playing. Because if that's the case, they will want those pros playing that new build ahead of time. So that kind of like changes the timeline and pushes it back. Does that mean that Will they do them one at a time? Well, it's like, oh, here's the Overwatch 2 early beta build plus three heroes or something. Um, but I think those two things, the reworks, the new heroes. Ultimately, I just want to give a little wink and nudge towards the uh, the whole Metro fiasco that was uh, it dominated the Overwatch news cycle for a while there. I think based on how much is left to do, it looks a little bit better in my opinion because I don't think the game looks like super done from the pvp side uh personally uh so i just want to wink and nudge at that um i think there which, might which can, can you iterate which point of his that you're trying to emphasize sorry I'm, I'm, he yeah, yeah lot, sorry I'm to catch up okay so um this was in my content so I, I i shouldn't have spoke from that bias too much but um metro said that the game would be delayed a year based on what he knew they had left to do now my joke with him is that aha you made that conclusion which i think was incorrect because you assumed they wouldn't release it till it was done <laughs> so <laughs> for the most of the community they treat it like he's got egg on his face it's like aha well the game's coming out in august or uh, uh april May. uh uh well the pros will be playing in april we know that 
um, the a new an early build of the game. But they're, they're like, Doomfist, we're trying him as a tank. Let's see. It's like, it feels like they're still kind of rushing to the finish line here on some of this. It's not like mm. we've had years of PvP balance. Like, they've got the new maps. They've got probably a handful of heroes. But it's kind of the things he said that they're still doing, it looks like, is from what I can tell. So anyway, I, I'm... I'm trying to temper our expectations of how baked will feel this is uh, by April-ish or before that when we when anybody gets hands on the beta. I, I think it's more likely that Overwatch PvP 2.0 will take like a year to fully roll out because I have lots of other things I want. I want a ranked overhaul too, but I also want a, a tournament mode, all sorts of things. But I think we should, uh, you know think the overwatch 2 is a game is the pvp thing or pve game and we've got these other things that are like coming along the ride in in pvp uh that i think needs to be finished so i'm sorry ended up giving like a completely different answer but those are my things mm -hmm. so what i want to see now this is going to be some stuff that you guys don't expect actually um what I want to see, I'm not I'm not worried about the first three months of the game. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about the first six months of the game. I think that hopefully they've listened enough to make sure the core experience of Overwatch <laughs> 2 is a lot like what early days Overwatch was. That's that's what I want mostly. But I would really, really, really like them to expand past whatever formatting things they've talked about. I think that it's possible for Overwatch to have a BR. I think it's possible for Overwatch to have a, a Star Wars Battlefront-themed game or, or mode where basically it's like, imagine Overwatch versus Talon, right? And you can pick basic Overwatch soldiers. You can pick basic Talon soldiers, similar to like the same way it's the Sith versus the, em or the, uh, the Rebels. Like Overwatch as a platform, IP, and, and just from a foundational level, it could pull off as many formats as Minecraft can. It could pull off as many formats as, as a game, that, a shooter we've never, to, to a degree that no shooter game has ever seen. Because the game runs so smooth, it's so beautiful, there's a storyline that should be getting developed, right? I want to see Blizzard be the Blizzard that we all know them to be at their greatest. Outside the box incredible visuals, incredible atmosphere, best of breed company that we know they are, that Overwatch was when it first came out. You want to redefine a sequel? How about you, you make the game expand in a way that no one ever expected? That's what I want to see from them, really, because I can, I know that I've been able to sit down and play through Overwatch matches, granted get irritated in its darkest hours, right? In the darkest hours, we found a way to just sit here and have fun. I, I, I know that much, but if, if, what, what people need to understand, if we want this game to be – my my goal as a content creator with the, with the stuff that I've said, obviously, we don't really – at least I don't get listened to that much, um, really ever actually, uh, <laughs> is, you know, I, I want this game to be number one. I fell in love with this game. My friends fell in love with this game. I met all of you guys through this game. I wouldn't even be here, right? I've met my best friends. I built my life around this game. I want to see it be the best. And to be the best, you need to go outside the box how it was when this came out. And I think a year down the line, depending on how long, how long PvE takes, ima imagine like they have a storyline. Like you can even combine PvE and PvP similar to how Fortnite does. Like imagine there's like a storyline where you know the Omnics in invade or Talon is like in invading a city, 
right? And in order to like figure out the storyline and what's going to unlock or unveil a new character, the community has to play this massive like Star Wars Battlefront ass game where like you're pushing cards or like, and you're literally dictating like a live version of the story. Like there's like there's so much potential, and none of it, none of it got expanded on at all aside from a couple cinematics for reveal new characters in five years of the game like how like to me i'm like how is that possible like you're underutilizing your talent so that's what i want to see i could go off on it for hours but like some real format changes some like real innovation some really fun shit that the creative talent at blizzard can just go ape shit with that they excel at which they do they are the best in the world at that we've always said that so I, it'd just be sweet to see some stuff like that happen maybe overwatch 3 yeah i know that's what i'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> it will probably be overwatch 3 but that would be some really stellar stuff that would take this game to the same levels as Minecraft, the same levels of Fortnite, where I personally believe it belongs. Well, I'll see you guys in 50 years for that podcast. Yep. For, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Waiting for the Overwatch I think we'll beta. all still be here. My beer might be gray, but we'll, we'll work on it. No, I actually really like the idea. And it's something that obviously Blizzard are not averse to because it's something that we're seeing with Hearthstone a lot, where Hearthstone was kind of at its deathbed with its standard mode. And then now they have Battlegrounds, which kind of reinvigorated it. Then they had duels, and now they got mercenaries, which is an RPG mode. So you know, it's it's it, it's definitely, yeah, it's 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 breathed huge new life into the game. So although it's probably not anywhere in the near future, and Samit obviously isn't saying it is, but you know, I like that idea, and I think that's a very beautiful and optimistic potential future world for Overwatch. I think for me personally, I think I'm just gonna go more back on the Frito lines where. I think this was a big first step for the Overwatch devs, you know, actually having, like Aaron said it, I think it was it Aaron or was it Jeff who said that this is actually a huge emotional moment for them, that this is the first time someone who isn't in the dev team had actually laid hands on Overwatch 2 and they were very nervous and excited. And I think now that they've crossed that barrier, I just would like to see them keep going. I think, I think we, I just want to see them, even if we don't get the full game, I, I want to see them kind of give us some ideas of what's to come, when it's to come. And hopefully just hear more more from them. So that's it for yeah, me, to, guys. Go ahead. To that end, I'd say I, th I think uh, I painted a negative sounding picture. I think that's realistically the best we can hope for, given the circumstances of the, the world shutdown and all that. Like, I, I'm we're going to need to test every new thing out anyway. So I'm not too upset about it. I just want to see it. Like, I just want us to get it. Exactly. Through it. As long as they update quickly and kind of respond to feedback, you know, that, that's the most we can hope for. Yeah, I don't mind building the game, game together. Like anything exactly. broken, exactly, is than a dead game. exactly. That that's it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't care if it's broken. I just want to see it, and I want to help. You know, play it. I want us to develop develop it together. And yeah. Anyways, that's it for me. Do any of you guys have anything else you want to add before we sign off? Samir has already signed off mentally. So on that front, then, guys, thank you so much for joining me. As always, I appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you guys for tuning in and chat. I'm going to send you the way of Sideshow, so I'm sure more analysis and more questions you can bug him with regards to Overwatch 2, what he thought and all that. But from this stream, that is all. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. Peace out.